Welcome to the Mega Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Jason McDonald. My goal is to get to the truth through conversation. The Mega Blast Podcast is produced by Arts and Opinion, an online journal housed at the Archives of Canada. Visit us at artsandopinion.com. I hope you enjoy today's guest. Welcome back, Chris Berry. How you doing? I'm okay. Thank you very much, sir, Jason. Uh, pleasure to be here. Always, as always. So I'm back with Chris Berry, who was on the podcast last year, I believe. Uh, we had a wonderful time. I re-listened re to that. And you're a very good storyteller. Thank you very much. So, uh, so I want... Go ahead. No, 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 nothing, nothing. I, I just, you know, you know, I can't really take compliments. Well, I'm just too modest. But yeah, yeah, too yes, modest. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Sounds sounds right. So today we're gonna do something new. I'm, I'm. We're gonna continue on with your life because your life is really so interesting. I'm also here with my producer Rob Lewis. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Very good. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. Who and is? This, uh, go ahead. Special occasion. Yeah, it's definitely a special See, occasion. Get together with an old friend. Especially for your listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the, the hundreds or dozens who might be but, out but there. But you forgot to mention that uh, I'm the distinguished editor of Arts and Opinion. I was Please. just going to get to that. That's right. So Rob is a friend. He's also um, uh, the producer of the Mega Blast podcast through Arts and Opinion. So all of you can go Google Arts and Opinion and go read the really interesting articles that Chris also writes on. Yes, yeah. Chris has contributed yeah. uh, many an article to uh, Arts and Opinion. So that's how you know how this all came about. So I wanted to continue with what we talked about last time. And I made a few notes, and Rob also sometimes when we talk, he's like, you know, telling me all these things you've told him. So maybe right. that we can hit so into some caught, of those. So I've been called out of my bullshit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't jive. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> Why well, we want it on the record? Oh, we we, we want to catch you in one of your lies, right? <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things I noted down was your. We, we talked about your Woody Allen experience, right? Where you you were in Hannah and her sisters was the yes. film, right? Um, just to recap that, um, Chris Berry was in a Woody Allen movie. You you reminded me that it was an award winning, award winning, multi award, multi Academy award winning, right? Right. I was I did not get one of those awards. Right. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even put us on the soundtrack. Yeah. So if any of you have you know want to see that film, you can see Chris for a brief period in the punk club and Woody Allen's there with uh, Diane Keaton. Uh, Diane Weist at uh, CBGB. CBGB is the famous uh, punk club in New York, country bluegrass, what is it, CBGB's, whatever. But I wonder, did you ever meet Woody Allen? Did yes, you, I did, actually. Can, you, did. can you talk a little bit about that? Just because it's um, really amazing. Well, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's nothing really that exciting. I mean, I, you know, I, I was naive enough on set like that to go up to him. He was, you know, when I came into CBS to, you know, for for the set, he was actually at the doorway, um, and they looked at me like, "Oh, okay, I see who this one is, right?" Um, and you know, and I, I don't know, he said, "Thanks for the gig, you know, whatever, pleasure to meet you." Yeah, you know, sure. I, uh, I love all your movies, especially the earlier funny ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although uh, I don't know, if that, yeah, I guess by that point, the Orgasmatron that was eighty four, yeah. right? 84 yeah, was, uh, that was when it was shot. It came out in eighty six. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, no, and he was actually quite quite gracious, quite courteous. On the set, of course, you know, he's he, like, you know, we're getting direction from him. Uh, and, but, I mean, that's, you know, going through AD, of course. So he'd, you know, blah, 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 and then AD would look at me, you know, so, okay, you, singer, yeah, take that coat off, it's not working with the camera. Okay. Or whatever. So, know. so he doesn't give the directions directly Most to directors the Most directors don't. Well, I mean, unless they're dealing, I mean, with, with, you know, with basically, uh, you know, uh, Highfalutin extras, such as basically what we were, right? We're yeah. just a band. You know, even though we played our own songs, so that's pretty good. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. Still get checks for that. That's pretty cool. You know? But, um, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. But I, I've never been shy about that, right? Like, you know, Rob and I have worked on many films together as, you know, and we're paired with some celebrity. And, uh, like, I was in that, in that movie, um, I'm Not There. That's what made me think about it. I'm Not There, uh, um, it's a Bob Dylan biopic, and there's a scene with uh, the dead guy. Uh, I was in a scene with Kate Blanchett on that one. On that and one? I said, yeah. Okay. I'm not there, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, Heath Ledger, right? That's mm -hmm. the guy playing. He was uh, the one who woke Deed on uh, antidepressants. He had like mm -hmm. a. Yeah, I don't Heath know. Ledger. I don't know. He had a tragic mixture yeah, of yeah, different yeah. antidepressants and alcohol and died. Yeah, 20 years ago or something like that. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. I guess that was before. Yeah, that. the guy, yeah, he was um, in the... Uh, he was the Batman. Broke back, broke back Batman. Mountain. Broke back Mountain, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was the Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that guy. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just as an example. And so there's a scene in that film where uh, I'm uh, I'm the, the, what do you call it? With the, with the clapper in front of the... I know that I'm just blanking on it now. But basically, I you know, they, they turn around like, set, boom, and I click the thing and step back, and then he does his... Okay. Does his they're, they're doing uh, uh, Positively Fourth Street, right? That, that famous Bob Dylan uh, scene clip from 64, 65, I guess, mm -hmm. where he's like, you know... Uh, I don't need a weatherman. No, we'll show you the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're emulating that thing, and I'm the, what do you call it? I don't know, blanking. It's, well, to describe it, it's when, when a film is about to shoot, there's a guy yeah. with a with a thing that snaps shut. That's shuts it. Again. It's, it's, it has, it's it has the scene, the scene, the set, the Yeah, Is it shot? Do you know the word for that? That, that thing? There, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, word. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's some technical and, term and, for it. Right? Everybody in, in, who's listening to is going to go, yeah, those idiots don't know that. That's it. And we all know it, too, but I just find Yeah, so you played the guy who snaps the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. But basically, gotcha. you know, so, I mean, we were stuck on that fucking scene for like three, four hours in, you know, late October in, in Montreal, at night by a fountain, it was cold, you know? So anyway, but I mean, we just, you know, just hanging there and, you know, as an extra, right, you're not supposed to talk to the stars. And I can appreciate that too, actually, you know, but it's like, no, give me a fucking break. You know what I mean? What, no, like where, yeah. Yeah. And so I never really paid attention to that. So like, you know, if, if I'm on a set with somebody and we're standing side by side, I'm going to make, oh, hey, I'm going to have a conversation, you know. But so, I mean, I've always done that. So this raises know. an interesting thing just about show business that when we watch movies and TV shows, it kind of, you have this impression that people are walking through it. But when you're actually on a set, it takes hours to do some basic thing that, yeah, that, sure. that would be five seconds of screen time. People don't understand how boring those sets can be. I mean, you, Rob, you've talked about this. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, to get back to our first meeting each other and our first experience, we were on the set for nine days for the X-Men. Yeah. Remember nine consecutive yeah, yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. 
there was about maybe two or three hundred extras. Yeah. Not one second of that appeared in the film. Wow. Is that right? Yeah. Well, no, no, one no second. really? Because yeah. I heard that uh, you see me in that. So I was the bartender in that, in one of those scenes. Really? So, and anybody yeah, listening, I, I, just I, when you're watching X-Men I, 1, Chris no, Barry is the bartender. No, I was in all those fucking movies. Uh, I was in another one where I was a featured uh, extra. Uh, they were, I don't know, somebody was with super x-ray vision or something is looking at the, um, is looking through buildings or whatever, and I'm in there, and I'm having a fight with some, my girlfriend, I guess, who was like three or four feet tall than me, <laughs> we're fighting it out, but anyways, whatever. And, but no, no, I mean, I haven't seen it, and uh, what was that, Apocalypse? Yeah. I can't believe I even remember just, just I don't a, remember the names of any other ones. Just as a, as a side note, Martin Scorsese, this is something I want. Oh, yeah, yeah, did yeah. I tell you that? Yeah, well, no, 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 but I, 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 Martin Scorsese, this this brings up something that I know that I wanted to get to. Because you know that I was on The Aviator, too. You can see me in The oh, yeah? Aviator. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know, yeah, know that. My, no. my, glor- my glamorous <laughs> career. Was that in Centerville? In, in Centerville? No, uh, that was shot, uh, that scene was shot in a warehouse. Okay. Um, I think around here, Point St. Charles. Because that fr- yeah. my friend Graham Ford, shout out to Graham Ford, he has a friend who is the owner of the big mansion in Centerville where they shot. Yes, yeah, so I know that place. Right, yeah, that where you, maybe you were there. No. And, yeah, because it's, I remember, so those of you who've seen the film, you remember this beautiful property with a veranda and stuff, and that's his uh, property. But, but what no, this, one, the, this is my first day of shooting on that set, and it was the first day of shooting, and it was the first time I ever, you know, decided, well, okay, I'm in the union, right, so. I can make pretty good money as an extra, and I always needed money, you know. Um, we have habits to support um, and lifestyles to live, so um, so it was the first time I'd ever done it. And I had to get a haircut for the gig, you know, but they get paid you more for that. And I was thinking, okay, well, this would be kind of cool. I'll get like a 1920s cut. How bad can it be? <laughs> and it actually was a pretty good cut. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so it was the first time on. And you know these sets, you got to be there at like four or five in the morning. And, you know, that that's yeah. or whatever, six in the morning. It's all the same. It's like, you know, the break, you know, ungodly hour. You used to be waking up at. Um, and so, you know, so you rehearse, we're rehearsing. It was the first scene. I was in the first scene of the first day of shooting. Um, this is the aviator, film. right? The aviator, yeah, the aviator, yeah. Right. And so it's a scene in, um, uh, uh, it's in an airplane hangar. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio comes around. He's inspecting everything. He's going, these rivets. These rivets aren't riveted right or whatever. You know, the wrong size rivets. And oh, who's doing this? You know, and I'm my role was mechanic number two. <laughs> that was my official role, mechanic number two. Was that your credit? I don't know. I've only, I, I didn't look for it. Yeah. I have, in fact, I've only seen half the movie. But, okay. But, um, so yeah, yeah. So so uh, so anyway, so so you know they're they're rehearsing the the scene before they shoot it, and you know all I'm doing is just standing there. Oh, and when he Howard Hughes is going, uh, you know, I'm like you know this these this is poorly constructed or whatever. As mechanic number two, I'm as upset as mechanic number one, who's beside me. We're shaking our heads. Oh, that fucking Howard Hughes. <laughs> oh, he really gives us the going over, doesn't he? You know, that kind of thing. Did you speak? Because so, apparently you get a lot more money if you have Yeah, I no, I wish I'd spoken. Yeah, yeah. No, so you're just standing there with your arms crossed, shaking and, and, your and, head, and going, I go, I mean, oh, that yeah, fucking, fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, you know, it was like they were shooting that scene at like 7 in the morning or something, so I still half asleep. So, you know, while they're, you know, basically, I mean, what am I? I'm just background furniture, right? So I just sit in there, and then all of a sudden, uh, I see Martin Scorsese looking over at me. 
you know, oh, they, yeah? they've done a rehearsal. Okay. They've done a rehearsal. Right. You know, uh, DiCaprio's done, you know, come on, do this thing. We know what's going to happen. They know how they're going to shoot it, the camera angles, all that stuff. Uh, they blocked the shot and so on and so forth. And, um, uh, and I see Martin Scorsese look at me and then I see the AD going, hey, you, mechanic number two, look alive. You look like you're asleep there. Are you high? Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was my. You really want to know the answer to that question? And, like, yeah. and you know, the third AD who was in charge of the actors was such a fucking bitch. She looked a bit like a pig, really. She had like pig nose. You probably know her, Rob. You probably worked with her before. And she like, you know, and what am I? You know, I'm just, I'm just a fucking regular bozo, just doing this gig, counting the hours. Going, oh, hour sixteen. That I'm up to like eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Uh, you know, and she goes, you, you, you think you're so cool. What am I fucking doing? <laughs> I just sort of sit in the extra room with everybody else. Anyways, whatever. It was, uh, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, I was supposed to be a two-day shoot. I only did the one day, which lasted forever. And, you know, I walked away with almost a thousand bucks. Nice. Like, yeah. whenever that was shot, like in, I don't know, 2001. I, or yeah, it's about 20 years. I, I, I wanted to just... The reason I mentioned Scorsese is that he has gone on the record that these X-Men and whatever Marvel movies are destroying cinema. Right? Yeah, well, I agree Which with him. Which I, I, I do too. I can't, I, I, you know, I, I, one of my projects for my students is to present a film or a TV series and I tell them right off the right. bat, I'm like, no Marvel Universe. If, if you, you know, you're not going to present those movies are, I think they're terrible, they're formulaic, they're awful, but... I wanted to ask you, this came up in, in the last discussion we had about authenticity. You talked a lot about how you couldn't imagine yourself writing some sappy song and singing it. You could imagine yeah. writing it for somebody else. Sure. So, I mean, is there a tension between authenticity and, and art? And are you ambivalent about that? Because you did want to be famous, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, well, not as, I think as, I think as we discussed last time, sure, of course, I wanted to hit. Yeah. And I, you know, absolutely, but not at, uh, not some. Uh, this you know, is as a musician, just to be as so a musician. clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think people yeah. listening understand. Not as an actor. Is, yeah, we were talking about movies a second ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. never be a, a reality TV. Star. <laughs> yeah. Fame for fame. But you wanted like, to be as a wasted pursuit. You wanted to be famous as a, as a pop or punk, well, I, I, punk rock singer, rock and roll, right? Yeah, famous isn't really so much yeah, the. Wait, ambi- wait, wait. the just wanted to share his art with the world. Well, no, I just like you know, I raise it up. You attribute the highest. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's true. I mean, you know, it's passionate about rock and roll, and you know, it, it had kind of sucked. Based, and it really Throughout the seventies, yeah. Well, and by the eighties, when I was really going, you know, because I mean, I started with the two two twos in seventy eight, right? But you know, I didn't really get going till the eighties, you know, and I was like, you know, in my twenties, right? Um, but uh, um, so you know, so it, I, to me, the important thing was getting. Um, it had to be good, you know. It's but like I don't know. When you say good, you mean authentic in a certain. Well, I don't know. Right? Well, that, yeah, sure. Because I mean, that's there, there, there must be a lot of pop hits that are good. I mean, they're well written, they're well played, they're well. But yeah. you would listen, like we talked about Real Lover Boy. Is Lover Boy that was sort of the archetypal example of a crappy band? But they yeah. were. They must have been good musicians, right? So I mean, what? No, no, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's something about the authenticity. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, right? sure, sure. It's, it's, yeah, because it's all spirit, right? It's all like, you know, it's all what you can emote. It's all communicating 
with uh, with the listener, whether it be on record or live performance or whatever. It's all about communication. And you, I think, you know, you, you there's a certain spirit, you know, I can get on it, hopefully, and other people that are on that same fucking tune, that same vibration, <laughs> hear it and go, yeah, I understand, I appreciate that. And it's, and it's real to me because it is. And if it's not, it's just bullshit, really. If you're not doing that, then it's like, then who fucking cares about the crap? Well, people buy that stuff, right? Well, yeah, I'll that's, yeah. yeah, sure. But yeah. I mean, you know. Let, let, let me ask you this. But that 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 does that doesn't mean anything. No, no, for sure. I'm, I'm, unless I'm unless, not, yeah. you, unless you're one of the rare bees, like the Beatles or somebody who you know okay, turn around. And, th that's what I want to ask you. Like, what? Who are the groups that are massively popular that are authentic? The Beatles, the Rolling Stones. I mean, well, like who? You know, the, the Rolling Stones. Uh, <laughs> what, Fifty years ago. Okay. I don't. The, the, what you got now is not. You know. Yeah. I guess it's authentically the Rolling Stones. But I mean, they haven't been real for. for years. But I'm just, I'm just wondering because the Beatles were authentic, and I think the Stones, at least, they were. Yes, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not questioning what you're saying because I think it's, I, I agree with it. In fact, yeah. I, I totally agree with yeah. authenticity. Yeah. That, and, right? and the Rolling Stones, I would be less harsh if they had all died in a plane crash and say '75. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be well '77. I'll give them some girls too. Um, I, but it's just sort of like you know, I, I, it's hard for me to look at Mick Jagger in '64 now, knowing what you know what I mean. Like '64, he just when turned I think 80. He was fantastic. Yeah, he just turned eighty. Yeah, I know. Literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched him doing his fucking aerobic exercises in a stadium somewhere. <laughs> I, you know, I saw him in '89. I got a tick. I got I, ticket. I, I saw that tour. Yeah. The Steel Wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in Toronto. Yeah. I didn't have a yeah. lot of interest in it because it's like you know. So Rolling Stones, I mean, I loved the Rolling Stones as a child. I loved them, right? I mean, I had, you know, them on my posters on my wall, the Rolling Stones, yeah. you know, and uh, other men in makeup, which uh, yeah. concerned my parents, who were as liberal as uh, parents are today. And, um, uh, and, and but I but I you know but I the tickets how did you feel about that show did it was it authentic to you no, or do you think by that time they had, yeah I, I, you know yeah. I I, the, I got the tickets uh, we were on Polygram at that time so Polygram gave me tickets I don't know how they had them but they did and they were pretty good tickets too you know up but near the front yeah. well up near the front it's relative at the Olympic Stadium right but all I I just remember it was like family hour. There was nothing subversive about it whatsoever. And part of the beauty of rock and roll to me is this subversion. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I just, you know, I, I think I left. Like, you know, I didn't even stay through the whole thing. I, I've been watching it and going, hearing 2000 Light Years from Home and going, that's a good song. I should go home and listen to it. Right. Like, you know, right, that, like, right. I should listen to the real thing, not this. Yeah. I, I I bought tickets off a of scalper outside the Sky Dome in Toronto. I was about eighteen, mm. and and uh, there was it was extremely cold. It was like minus twenty or something. So I went in there, and there was there was some there was like a couple who were older, maybe in their thirties, who were really rocking out to it, and they were smoking reefer. So I bummed. I said, "Hey, can I have a toke?" And they just ah, they, they didn't want me to bother them, so they gave me a joint. Right? They're like, "Here, just take the joint. Just shut up, be kid." You know. And uh, I remember having a good time and enjoying it, but yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't have nearly as much. I didn't see David Bowie in nineteen seventy two. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. you know, so if I'd I, seen I, the Rolling Stones in nineteen sixty seven, it might have been different, right? I was you know, uh, so. I was there at the set show in seventy two at the Forum. Uh, really? it was the riot big, was that the big riot? Well, it was yes, it must have been a riot, but their the, their soundtrack had been blown up the night before. Mm -hmm. 
I don't call famous this, case, yeah. I, I was yeah. like 10 years old, or maybe even, I guess what I was 10. What were you doing 10. there? <laughs> I was 10. Well, I used to go downtown, right? I would live in NEG, took a 105 bus, and I'd be at Atwater, and Atwater would be the forum. That was downtown to me. Nice. And Cabot Square, where all the hippies and stuff were hanging around. Um, and I knew the Rolling Stones were in there, and I remember, well, maybe I'll meet fucking Keith Richards. This is amazing. A 10-year-old ten, like, Chris yeah. Berry goes down to the Montreal Forum in 1972. Well, and I really wanted to go. Really? <laughs> wanted to go. I mean, you know, I loved the Rolling Stones when I was like nine, ten years old. And, you know, at 72, Exile Main Street just came out. I, you know, I couldn't afford the, the album, but I had the Tumping Dice yeah. single. Yeah. The Sweet Black Angel on the beat. Uh, so you just went to hang out, well, like outside the show? Well, I was kind of hoping I could get in. Right. And, you right. know, the, like, it's sort of like, you know, I had pretty restrictive parents, you know. Well, parents. My father didn't really pay much attention, but my mother was like, you know, little boys don't go down to see the Rolling Stone. <laughs> they're, they're, they're drugs and sex and all the things the little boys are interested in. So, but your father was I was allowed to go. I said, they said, well, if you can find a friend who'll go with you, you can go see the Rolling Stones. They can get tickets. Right. And there were tickets available. Okay. There were tickets wow. available outside. Um, because I was in Cabot Square. I said, tickets, running down to you know. So, um, you know, and so there was only one kid at school who, you know, and it was summer, right? And all the kids I went to school with, you know, they all came, mostly came from well-off families and stuff, so they would go to camp and things like that. So summer was a pretty lonely period of time for me. But there was one kid who also was interested in music, although he had shitty taste. But he was also interested in music. Tom Allen, who later, uh, he's a, he's a jazz, he's a jazz musician and, uh, he, uh, he hosts CBC, some CBC oh, yeah? radio. Oh, okay. He's, he's on, I don't know, whatever, I don't know. Doing, but so shout out to Tom Allen if he's listening. Yeah, yeah, it's my uh, yeah. From, uh, yeah, from Elizabeth Valentine so, uh, Elementary School. So, yeah, you were hanging out with him outside the forum? No, he didn't want, he was the one, it was my one oh. help, and I called him. Oh, no. You know, and you know, he wasn't really some kid who I'd hang out with normally, but I knew that, well, he might go. He might be able to go. It was the same thing with the New York Dolls later. I really had trouble finding, when I was 12, I really yeah, had trouble yeah. finding anyone who wanted to go to that, right? <laughs> Um, most so ten-year-old kids are not like, yeah, let's go go to the forum. Like, you're unusual. Well, I right? thought it was it's, great. You know. Well, yeah, I guess so. I didn't see too many of the children, um, but <laughs> it, it was it was great. You know, it was, I was hanging out there, and of course, I guess because oh, this cute little kid, what's he doing there? You know, everybody's getting high and stuff, and and to the run. Probably getting stoked for the Stones in 1972, you know, when they were still, you know, pretty good. Yeah. But in the end, I didn't get the tickets. I couldn't get the tickets. And, like, you know. But you were there. That's pretty cool. Well, I was there until about 7 o'clock at night or 6. I guess I had to be home for supper. So, But I hung out that afternoon, and and I was so upset. I was so upset. And the next day in the Montreal Gazette or the Star, it was very, very hot that night when they played here. Like, it was in July. I think it was July 12th. How I know that, I don't know. It's probably wrong. But um, we can check that. But, uh, yes, you can. can. Check it on Wikipedia. They have all the Rolling Stone tours. But it was yeah. like super hot. And the next day in the paper, I know since it's Get Out of the Star, of the Star you know, it's obviously a big event, Rolling Stone's in town. They're showing pictures of the audience. And there's all these chicks without their shirts, <laughs> with their tits up. And I was thinking, 
Why the fuck? Why wasn't this, I in there? You know, yeah. this, like, you know, <laughs> this is just wrong. How oh, and I could I miss that? That would have been amazing. Imagine if that broad was sitting up the aisle from me. My fucking ten-year-old boner would be fucking raging. Um, well, you're so I was two-year-old. You might have a boner too if you're sitting next to it. You know, yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. I, mean, I tell you, I'm just as interested in boobs now as I was when I was twelve. I can tell you that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose I suppose. And I Rob, you're a bit older. I'm sure you uh, also you're a man. You look at women, and you know I don't think it really it changes. happens. Yes, yeah. it happens. Yeah, I, I was like hypersexualized though. Yeah, as a kid, like you know, I remember having bondage fantasies in um, in in kindergarten. Where does that come from? Where does a fucking like four year old have like these BDSM fantasies about all of his female classmates? All of them, except for maybe one or two. Um, that's wild. Yeah, that's where really, where does that come from? It's a great question. <laughs> yeah, it's a really like, good question. Where does a kid know I can, about? I, I can tell you, I wasn't. It was older, but but let's one. I just want to before we end on this authenticity thing because mm. it's it's an interesting question. Some people have said that this is a bit of a risky thing because it moves into politics a bit. But some people have said that Donald Trump is a punk rock president. In Funny, he, you know, I, he just—he's him. It does—he's him with his big stupid garish tie, and he doesn't care what people think about it's, him. It's and, funny. I don't. I haven't. What heard do you think about say, that? I, I haven't heard know. other people say that, but I have thought that. Oh yeah, and okay. you know, it's, and I—it's a I, thing. It's a thing. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of true, and it's the authenticity, it's, isn't but it? It's, right. It's, it's just like well, it's. I, I mean, is he authentic, or maybe he's not? Is it, or is it just a shock, the way he doesn't care that he shocks people? Or, uh, like, I think he's just fucking horrible. I mean, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I detest the man. I, like, I, I don't think I've ever hated anyone who I've never met. Uh, but is he authentic? Is he punk rock? I don't know. I'd have to meet him. Yeah. But I mean, there is something Jason, kind of I'll punk. I'll answer that. I think Trump is the least edited president in the history of presidents. So edited. Edited, least edited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you mean when he talks. Most himself, yeah. Right. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, he d doesn't yeah. seem to care yeah. if people, if people say, think. oh, this yeah. is a lie. He just yeah. says what he says, and he's very... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and I, I, I'm not saying he, that, you, yeah. that he's good or bad. I'm not yeah. making no, a case that. one way no, or No, no, I, I, I would you know. agree in some ways. He could, he's punk rock, but he's also the antithesis as well. I mean, he's an anti-hero, really, right? So a that, tragic you know. figure in some ways. Victor Davis Hanson, is a great historian, talks about him as, compares him in the Western movies, the way that a guy would come into town to clean things up. You know, there's like this uh, law and order, and they're trying to get this guy. So this guy comes in and breaks all the laws to go and kill the bandit. Yeah. But then once he's done, everybody drives him out of town at the end of the movie. That's a, that's a thing in a lot of Western yeah. movies. Well, at least that guy and, accomplished something. Right. Well, yeah. No, but I mean, some. Well, I mean, we could get into a long discussion. Maybe he has accomplished some things. I mean, I could probably name some things, but and I bet you I could argue why they were fucking stupid. Yeah, but but, but yeah, uh, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. I mean, he, he there's no question that Trump has had an impact. Oh, I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair to say. Sure. Right? You, you could argue they're bad impacts or good impacts. Well, that's a right. pretty big difference. Yeah. But he's not... He's definitely, like, if you compare him to the current U.S. president, he, whatever impact Joe Biden is having, it's probably not so much him as all the people behind him. Whereas with Trump, I get the impression it was him. He was the one saying those things and doing those things. Well, now, nobody... Was, that, that may be a bad thing. I, you no, know, I, I, I mean, know. I think people did put things in his mouth or ideas in his head, 
But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, those gems that came out of that fucking idiot's mouth, or to continue to come out of his mouth, are, you know, yeah, that's pure id, isn't it? I think so. I think that's another way. So, so is that maybe the authenticity in the punk rock is also, it's id. It's, it's, it's right? I mean, is, is that <laughs> I, I another way know. to think about I mean, it? I, I, don't I guess know. it's, you know, I mean, the whole concept of, like, punk rock, you know, like, Wow. We what talked about that anyway. what is punk rock. Yeah, exactly. I'm fascinated with this question. You, you know, know, I I I mean it's And you well, were a punk rocker, so I, your views on this. So, so I'm told. Yeah. So I'm told. <laughs> but it was like, you know, I mean, you know, it's a classification of a type of music, but it's really more an attitude, right? And the attitude you could argue at the extremes, you could turn around and say Donald Trump's kind of punk because he offends a lot of people and you know, creates a stir. But it's you know, but it's uh, where Trump is a force for evil, for bad. So where punk, punk is ultimately right. is moralistic, really. You know, so, I so mean, it's I a force I mean, for I mean, good. Such a okay. generalization. So it's you know, supposed to be. And the Clash lyrically are, are a million. Right. And the Ramones are a million, you know, light years. And, you know, it's, it's all different things that got labeled punk rock. But you know, you're, you're saying it out. should be a force for advancing us. Everything in a good should way. be a. Right? Everything and then punk should rock be. should be shaking things up for the better. Yes, of is course. Is that one way to think of about course. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. No, listen, you know. You know, I mean, look, you know, okay, I, I became conscious in the 60s, right? I mean, I, you know, I was, you know, raised on media, basically, television and Mad Magazine. Watching the Beatles. And, that was the, the, one of the, your first memories that you recounted in the, the other. The Beatles cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, that inspired I was young, you, yeah. I was too young <laughs> in 64 to, to see that. Um, but, that but yeah, but you, you were conscious in the 60s and... and yeah, yeah. So, so you what? know, so... um you know, in Mad Magazine, National Lampoon, and I came a bit, you know, sort of became a teenager in the 70s. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of high hopes for the culture at that point. You know, hippies and like sort of a counterculture. And uh, my eight, nine-year-old brain figured that youth should be counterculture. It should be threatening to the grown-ups, to the right. teachers, to the parents. To It's like, you know, shake things up because it kind of sucks. And even as a child, you kind of knew that. And it was just sort of like, you know, it's why, you know, you like the Stones more than the Beatles, let's say, or whatever. Although that wasn't really, I, I loved them both, you know. But um, So... You know, by the time, I, you know, when I was 16, right, with 222s in the late 70s, um, you know, that, I mean, that, I mean, naively, um, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to change the cultural landscape for the better. And I mean, that was I really... I don't think it's naive at all. I, I, well, it, it, it didn't and you happen. Did. I think you did. Oh, well, thank yeah. you very much. Because yeah. the 222s were a thing and Station 10 was a thing. I, I also, like, I agree with you. I, I, I'm a Stones fan for that reason. When I, I My first concert was The Clash in 1984. I was 12. Mm -hmm. So I think that you and I probably have a very similar sensibility, except you were much more successful at, you know, expressing it out of the world than I was. But the final thing I'd say about that is Johnny Rotten, not, is it Johnny Rotten from John Lydon? Yeah, he has wrong. gone on record about this, about how the it's it's a very strange time where right wing people are the countercultural people now, yeah. right? He's actually pointed this out because it, you see that the, the you know one way to measure this is who's in favor of free speech are the underdogs mm -hmm. because the people who are pushed down they want to be able to express their views, and it used to be it was always a left wing thing. Remember, like free speech was like. 
you know, iced tea with like, you know, all the stuff about free speech and the, you well, know, the moral I, majority. Now it's all these right wing haters that are arguing for free speech and the left wing people are trying to. They're well, the moralists. Now, yeah, right? I mean, it's it's obviously it's a complex, uh, you know, multifaceted issue. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I would argue. I don't know what I'd argue. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought I'd bring. Uh, you don't have to comment on it. No, no, I know. I, I, yeah. I, I just. But John Lydon, my has... brain went off somewhere yeah. else, and I don't remember what okay. we were talking about. <laughs> it's authenticity and punk rock and all that kind of stuff, and it, it I just it seems to me it has shifted. And Donald Trump is a right was a you know, he's a Republican, and he seems to kind of embody that that kind of how the right wing is now that are the disruptors yeah. rather than the left. Wing. Yeah, he's a Republican, right. uh, Republican in name only, a rhino. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know. <laughs> He's not your dad. He's not your father's Republican. That's, that's true. Sure. That's true. Um, yeah. No. Anyway, it's you but I, no. To, but yeah. I thought that too. I didn't know yeah. other. I mean, in my head, you know. I so, heard it once but, on 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 the radio or something. But okay. Did you want to mention anything about this whole authentic Rob? This whole authenticity thing and right wing, you know, disruptors and. Uh, by the way, one of the one of my punk rock expressions of this was the original name of this podcast was right wing haters and company. Which was uh, what's portmanteau? Uh, I think is the word. Right wing haters mixed with um, writers and company, which is a snobby, sucky show on CBC, which you may be aware of. And I wanted to put them CBC, together, I'm sure. right? And 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 the, I knew it would be disruptive because I I can't stand the CBC anymore. I'm so Me sick neither. of it, you know. I know. And you know what? Sanctimonious been... left wing. You know? Right. You know, and it's terrible, oh, right? Because CBC is supposed to be, you know, a crown corporation at arm's length from the government yeah, of the right. day. That's how it's set sure. up. And I think a public broadcaster, even in the 21st century, is a good thing for uh, for this country and, and most countries, um, if not all countries. But I think it's strayed from well, that. Well, yeah, it's, it's you, know, think, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's funny, you know, because it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's 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 a Trudeau woke crowd that's like that's even though they're not supposed to, you're supposed to stay away from it. That is sort of you know set the tone of it, and it's right. you know, and I still wake up in the morning and sort of had a sense of duty. Um, <laughs> Put on CBC. Well, no, yeah. I go to their website. Okay, and yeah. it's so shitty. And it's like you know, <laughs> I love that as a sense of duty. You're being a good Canadian. You're, well, I right? mean, because yeah. where are you getting yeah. Canadian news, right? Yeah. You know, okay. was like global but, but you've lost. I, I was, I was a CJD. Yeah, I was an avid listener of the CBC, and I followed their stuff. And it's, I, I can't figure out. I, I think it's actually gotten worse. I, I really oh, it's gotten way worse. You know, it's unfucking bearable. Okay, it's so like, I'm not crazy. It's not no, just me it, that's turned into a right wing hater. It's, no, yeah, and okay. and and I mean, you know, and I and I think that that in general, I, I think it's it's quite bad. I think it's like you know, the pendulum swings, right? I mean, look at the reaction to having fucking Obama, the whitest black guy you're ever going to find in the office, and how upset that's made the the Trump people, even though they want to cop to it. That it was, you know, because God forbid, a black man in in as a president. Um, so I mean, the pendulum swings, and and I know so many people like me, you know, that are like, you know, lifelong, you know, liberals for lack of a better word, you know, socially progressive, mm -hmm. you know, don't hate people, <laughs> live and let live, you know, you're a faggot, that's fine, you're yeah. whatever, it's all good, freedom, it's all exactly. about freedom, right? They, you know, yeah, I mean, like, we all agree with all three of us. Social right? contract. You want to be gay? You want to have friends who are different races? I don't care. Just you do you, I do me, and we all just. That's Get along. It. That's right? it. Been like that's my philosophy. Me too. That has not changed throughout no, my life. No, not right? at all. 
It's yeah. like, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think it probably has for you, but, too, Rob. Right? But I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I, because in this whole fucking woke thing, it's like, you know, and I hate to, it sounds like I'm taking Republican talking points going to talking the war on woke. Be a right wing hater, but, Chris. Come on, red pill. But, you know, but I mean, they, they, you know, they, they alienated, I, I think, by being so over the top of this didactic mm. fucking, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to even call it left wing ideology. It's, it's very moralistic. Really, I mean, I've been. A lot it's it's very moralistic. It's very it's very moralistic in that it wants to tell people how to live their lives based on whatever their racial it's characteristics so stupid. are. It's right? like it's so stupid. It's like you know, it's it's not the word. It's like you know the n word. To me, that's ridiculous. It's how you say the n word. Yeah. You know, it's like how you you know context. Yes, right? of course. Right. Like Lenny yeah. Bruce, did you come? Come, you come good, come good. It's like you know that's an old Lenny Bruce routine, but Butcher's basically saying the same thing. It's just it, you know, but it's like it's just so. It's for people that aren't able to think for themselves. That's, that's right. That's to right. like the you know yeah. you need yeah. the you need the dogma, and this is what you follow. And anyone who's sort of outside of that, you can't understand because it's like, oh wait a minute, there's nuance. Oh, don't give me, don't throw nuance at me, you know. <laughs> and so it's like this fallback. And you're a fucking asshole. It's an you're, algorithm. You're you're a racist. It's it's, it's an algorithm. <laughs> it's an easy way of categorizing the world without having to think for yourself. Yes. Right. Is yes, what you're that's saying. It. I think, right. And people buy into it, and of course. So Social media has encouraged it. Yeah, um, I'm, well, I'm pushing back against it. In my classes and everything, I'm like, this class is a free speech safe space. Okay, you can say what you want to say, and if if somebody says something that offends you, just that's you know, I mean, if they insult you, that's one thing. But if they just say something and you are upset by it, learn to just go, okay, that's a different point of view. That's a different way of seeing the world. And sometimes I'm upset by things that other people say, and maybe you will be. And I, you know, yeah, I, I, right? I, I agree in, in principle. I mean, there's limits to all of that, course, right? You of know, course. it's like I tell them, don't, don't try to with yeah, exactly. real hate speech is real hate speech, of course, and that's of offensive. I don't think it should be outlawed, but it's offensive. You know, libelous or slander or outright lies. That's a different. You know thing, yeah. that that's irresponsible. You're a writer, so you, you I know all about lying. So okay, uh, so that was a bit of a diversion and deviation into politics. I didn't um, apologize. I, I can talk jumps. about politics endlessly. Yeah. So um, before I, I, I want to get get to speak, you're, you're talking about your writing a little bit. I want to move to that as we go toward closing a little bit later. But you mentioned when I was re-listening that you got to know Johnny Thunder of the New York Dolls, mm -hmm. and we never explored that because I love Johnny Thunder and I love the Dolls, and I know he died young of a heroin overdose. And I, could you just talk a little bit about him? And well, it's not like Johnny Thunder and I were like best buds, right? <laughs> it's like basically, but he's a legend. I mean, Johnny Thunder in my no? yeah, yeah, oh sure, sure, no? uh, yeah, uh, an icon, sure, okay, sure. Johnny How'd you meet him? Um, that's a good question. We played with him at least once, um, but I just knew him from the from the East Village. Like you okay. know, well, I, I guess I, I don't know if this is the first time I met him. I have a feeling we probably met earlier before this, but I do remember doing a gig with him, uh, supporting him at oh, this is a story here at the at the Cat Club, uh, which was uh was sort of a kind of a hip venue in New York. 
for a couple of years, although it was never very hip, but whatever that was his rep. Where was it in New York and Manhattan, uh, obviously? But... Like 12th Street, I think. Okay. While and this is the 80s? We're talking uh, about? This is the late 80s, and I think it was still going, yeah, it was still going in the Throughout the 90s. 90s? Okay. Not throughout the 90s, but... But probably, Yeah, it was... It was so yeah. it was a club where punk bands and other... Just kind of... lots of bands played. Right, okay. Lots of bands played. Right. Um, so you played there... You, you, they had more, sh- like, shitty, like, Bon Jovi-type bands okay. yeah. than, than good bands, but... You know, but they had Johnny Thunder playing. Yeah, right. Yeah, He's, Johnny Thunder's. It was part okay. of um, one of the big festivals, New Music or CMJ or one. Anyways, whatever. It was a big thing, and and uh, this is a long story. I don't know why. So there, the, the background here, but um, but we this this was we had had a whole bunch of record labels that had all chased us for a while. We ended up signing with Polygram, which was a big mistake. Uh, and I knew it, and I wanted to go with Chrysalis anyways. Or no, I wanted to go with Columbia. The guy at Columbia had, like, worked for the MC5. We were totally oh, on the same wow. level. Okay. He is the yeah. next junkie. We had a lot of things we could talk about. And um, So why do you was with and, and he signed Leonard Cohen. He oh, signed wow. Kate Bush. Okay. You know, he had some real class hacks. But he also, like, signed... Uh, Britney Fox or these other hair bands too because they sold records. He had okay. to keep his job because Leonard Cohen at that time I think, was, wasn't making money. And neither was Kate Bush in America at least. Was. Anyway, whatever. So why'd you go so, with Polygram? You said. It's a long story. The Polygram really uh, sold us a bill of goods. Um, we. Uh, it's a long story. Okay. I, I didn't want to do it, but I, I, I listened to our management and our management. Thought it was a thing to do, and that's why you have management, right? They're so, and to be the experts. Could, right? have been, could have been worse with Columbia. Right, right, right. They could have, you know, just shelled okay. us or whatever. So you signed with Polygram. Yeah. So, uh, and then Polygram dropped us 18 months later oh, uh, without even releasing a record. And I knew, like, five, a few months into it, that it wasn't going to work out, which I knew before we even signed with them. We got a bit of money, you know, but, um, you know, but we also didn't get much else. Um, so, uh, so we ended. So so, there had been a big bidding war for us before that. But now this is eighteen months later, and Polygram wouldn't let us out just to be shitty. They knew they didn't want us. They we had it out, but they made us wait out that oh, period, where, which yeah. was probably forced into the contract by our lawyer. But I don't know. Anyways, so so yeah, now we're stuck. What, what didn't Polygram like about you guys? What turned them off to you? Your music, your personalities. I think a bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, yeah. Maybe a bit of everything. Group behavior? No, not really. I I don't think. I don't think they knew us. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, We went to, um, we recorded at the record plant. In um, New York. In New York. New York. With, on their dime. And, uh. Joey Ramone was going to come by. Oh, yeah? Joey Ramone was going to come sing on a song called When in Rome. (laughs) And, uh. He called up that day uh, and said, I can't do it. Oh, it was a disappointment. Man. But at that time, you know, Joey Ramone was like, he wasn't, having Joey Ramone on your record in, this was like 89 or something. Nobody saying, cared about the Ramones. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. By, know, by I mean, the late 80s, yeah. You know, but I said, yeah. oh, whatever. So yeah. Joey Ramone Still, singing back for you. on the vocals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. But he called up and said, no, we're, uh, yeah. we, we're, doing, the, we're doing a video shoot today. Mm. And that was the only day. But, you know, if they want to come... Um, they can be in the video, Pet Cemetery video. Uh, 
And I thought that would be kind of fun. Chris Dine and Debbie Harry, Cheetah Chrome, a lot of people that I knew were in that video. The Cycle Sluts, you know, we had the same management as them. So we, you know, like. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah, Cycle Sluts. Yeah. A cycle. Cycle. Oh, cycle Sluts. Almost as good as Jane Mansfield's head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, his right leg. So, so um, you went to go appear in the video. Right. Well, so well, in the end, I mean, you know, we we had uh, we had time booked a record plan at like three billion dollars an hour. Right. So even though it was right. Polygram's right. money, it would ultimately come out of us and say we weren't taking the day off the studio just to I be in you. some band yeah. other band's video. That's you know, as background furniture, man. So you had every time I see that video, I, I yeah. you know, because I, I, I like the song and I do see the video. I was like, oh, damn, I could have been in that. I could have been, <laughs> but instead I just made a record so, that so never how, got released. How, how does this connect to Johnny Thunder? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, how does that connect, to Johnny? Oh yeah, right. So, um, so now there's no now after that period of time. Now it's eighteen months later. That's a long time in the music industry, and we, you know, and we don't have a million labels that are chasing us. Only one label is still interested in us, Chrysalis. But people kind of remembered. Oh yeah, that's the band. There was a big buzz about going on. They're free and clear now. They're not with Polygram. So you know, the a whole the and the place was packed. It was full of industry, and. So this is our big night. This is our big thing. It's like, okay, we'll finally get a proper record deal, you know, and, you know, a lot, lots of people were there to see us, um, and we're supporting Thunders, so, like, lots of other musicians were there, you know. Um, this, this is to opening for Johnny Thunder at the club. At the Cat Club. club. At the Cat Club, right. In, like, I don't know what year, 89, maybe, right. 88. 12th like Street, New York City, big event, right? Johnny Thunder's the headliner, you're opening, and there's A&R guys in the cinema, in the, yeah. in the audience, yeah, yeah, it's, right? It's, 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 Right. Yeah, it's a big gig. And the right. guys are not there for Johnny Thunder. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 He's already got his contract. And right? they'd yeah. all been invited yeah. and you know, and, and you know, we had a rap, right? So um so we go on there. And of course, you know, we're all except for me, actually. Uh everybody's high off their fucking lines, right? Which is not a good time to be high and they're high on fucking uppers. Okay. Like meth and coke. Right. So it's like those are not good performance drugs, right? I mean, uh, I, not for me at least. I just take speed sometimes and like on the floor I'd be really tired and it's like Okay, I take acid sometimes because let's see what happens, you know. But <laughs> yeah. you know, for performance, I, the, the, I mean, you know, you live and learn, and I'd already learned that. But the rest of the band did. So you know, we always came on like we're big stars, right? So we had the roadies; they would set everything up and be on tune. So you know, we would come on, you know, and the guitarist Richard, who just died last year, um, would hit a big note, and then jump up a tune, then start thing, I start singing, and the song, you know, off we'd go. So everybody's high, and the road, including the roadies, Randy Byro. Who ended up uh, with uh, Allison Chains and Soundgarden, and in the, finally in prison. Um, but whatever, that's a whole other story. Um, so, so you're all high on on speed, or at least maybe the band. I, 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 you I, I, I mean, I, are, are they playing ahead of the beat? I mean, yeah, they, right. So they're, they're rushing and they're being yeah, they're high and, on and, and coke or whatever. Yeah, and everyone's feeling right. the pressure. That was right. the thing with that band, right? They were so, like, so you're not performing as well as you normally. Is that well, to say? I'm not to say that, well, you, basically what yeah. happens is, so we go on, so Richard plays, and the big the other guitar is going to come in, and it's supposed to be, but his amp is all fucked up, and they both had two amps, a clean oh, sound and a dirty no. sound, so it's ding, 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 and then nothing, and it's like, we still got this thing going, you know, it's like, no, 
And it's like, and this is our big thing, you know? And the only person, and like, you know, so, and it's so loud. And we had our, we had Glenn Robinson, who was a very, a very successful producer, who was doing our sound for us. And that house guy at the Cat Club kind of took that as a slight. So, yeah, okay, you do it. So, and our fucking guys, they always, like, couldn't play loud enough. So we're so loud that, like, you know, that people, that people are all up at front, you know, then, like, then all, like by the fine, yeah. you know, yeah. by the endless two, three minutes it took to figure out, you know, what's going on, you know, like, yeah. we get the amps going properly, you know, there's a, fuck, that's loud. It's just a, is it kind of so, feedbacky and noise? Yes, that was right. the idea. Yeah, okay, but it was right, only right. supposed to be for about but, 20 but seconds. But it's hurting their ears. Yes, is what that's you're saying. Right, I got you. Yeah. So, uh, so we go on, and then finally get together and play, and then, of course, they're all, everyone's out of tune. Oh, it's like, no. you know, like yeah. the, the bass on this side of the stage, it's like A. On this side of the stage, it's like A flat. Oh, no. And I'm in the middle. Yeah. So across the stage, like, whoa, what's going on? And the beat is, is too fast. You can't sit in it. It's sort of like, oh, man. And, they don't, and bless his heart, Ian Aspirate from the cult. It was, you know, my friend going back from to London and and. We toured with them, and you know, and they were big supporters of our band. He come up and give you a hand. Well, he was up in front. Just yeah. He was just up in the front. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out, like, That's yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like two or three other sort of stragglers. Um, but it was just like a disaster. So musically, it was a disaster. Uh, it was a I disaster on every level. Right. It was like yeah. way too loud. The things, you know. I mean, finally got in tune, you know. Um, but it was just, it was just like a thing. And then after. You know, we finished the gig, and uh, so so it didn't it didn't get any better as the songs progressed. Yeah, it got, it it got, got better. better. You it got better, but it just but it just you so know because it opened so bad, it kind of set the tone. And it just never really yeah. came. Together. Right, it was never, right, and it was right. still always really loud. It was so loud. You know, so you know, I mean, we'd get applause and stuff like that, but it was not the rousing success that we sort of expected it and certainly wanted it to be. And so Johnny Thunders is on that. So we're so this is a bad night for us. And of course, after the thing, you know, we're used to having tons of people coming backstage and saying, "Oh, how great you are!" Blah blah blah. blah. But this time, I'll like so you funny. know, I'll <laughs> give you my jacket and sign with my label as it happened in the back. Right. Uh, no, this time, no, not so many. Yeah, a very right. long right. thing. So right. finally, the the A and R guy from Chrysalis comes in and goes, uh, it wasn't your best night, but right. you know, some good new material, you know, whatever. So we still ended up negotiating. Okay. At the end right. But um, but Thunders is there, and this is I, I I can't help but think that I've met him before that. And I probably have, I'm just not remembering. Um, but Thunders is like you know, Thunders was fucked up, right? I mean, he was always certainly when he was playing it was part of his shtick, but it wasn't charming at all. It's like he was you, coming to our dressing room. Fucked up, you mean like like. like just to be clear, you mean stoned on smack, like just like well, slurring yeah, his words. Smack, yeah, I've, I've seen videos of him where he's like he's singing too much junky business, and he's down sitting down with like his hand on his arm, like he's shooting up. Yeah. I mean, he just he leaned right into the junky thing. Right. So. That's what Walter's is, song. Yeah, is, is, like, yeah. Is, that, is that what you're saying? He, he came back and he's slurring his words. Well, right? slurring his words. I mean, that's you know whatever. What else is new? I mean, I do that too. <laughs> but you know, no. I mean, he was like kind of pathetic. Really. Okay. Just right. sort of like coming back. You. Yeah. yeah anyone Got a joint, and then falling down on his oh, face, man. like yeah. flat down, like in between the two dressing rooms. So you're gonna walk over him. This is, you know, yeah. he's playing, yeah. and his gigs, yeah. you know, they had been pretty shitty by that point. So 
you that's know, really I, so sad. That, I, that's it's, probably the first yeah. time I met him, actually. Yeah. That's probably the first time. And then I would see him all the time. We'd always run into each other, like, downtown. Okay. Yeah. So, right. you know, and I guess, you know, that he had no reason to be nice to me. Okay, right. <laughs> but he, I think he thought that we knew each other better. Right. Um, okay, so he'd come up to you, hey, Chris, how you doing? You know, Not hey, like Chris, that. but like, hey, how you doing? Right, he recognized you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd walk yeah. past and go, hey, Johnny Dunn. Yeah. I wouldn't say it. I don't know <laughs> and he, But he, he recognized you. Yeah, hey, yeah, okay, yeah, how you doing? You know, yeah. so, you know, That's pretty amazing. Kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and we had, you know, people in common. And, you know, the East Village is a, is a small place. Yeah. You know, so yeah. everyone in rock and roll circles. And certainly in those rock and roll circles. Right. You know, you kind of like Jerry Nolan, too. He was around. Like, you know, the, these, you know, uh, Arthur was already in L.A. But, you know, that, uh, and David Johansson, you never saw him anywhere. But, um, so that's it. So I'd run in, you know, we'd run into him and we had friends in common and, you okay. know, whatever. So, so, so you know, kind of knew him from around the neighborhood. Yeah. Kind of hanging around. Yeah, that's it. I, I, yeah. yeah. And I, you know what? I, I, I think that I always thought that he saw me as maybe a dope patsy. Because I knew that him and Jerry Dolan, the drummer of the York Dolls mm-hmm. and Heartbreakers, um, you know, those guys had played around with uh, people that we knew uh, <clears throat> in, in New York. And... You know, they, 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 I think, like, there was one guy I know who was, who was playing with, I think Johnny, I think it was Jerry, and, you know, and he was just supply Jerry Dope, because okay, I don't think Jerry yeah. would have played in his band otherwise, right, you know, right, right. Um, and I think Thunder's, you know, you know, you're a junkie, right, so you're always, you gotta, that's you know, your number one priority, well, it's, yeah, right, by necessity, right. yeah. and, um, sure. you know, so he, I, I think he just thought that, like, maybe I would be somebody who oh, would who be so get thrilled, him, get him smack, when you would say don't so, oh, well, I would right. pay for it, right, right, yeah, I yeah, got you, yeah. I, mean, I don't know that's true, so I just never, to be clear, I never a, got, a dope patsy would be a person who'd hang around with a rock star and give him drugs, yeah, something like that, Right. Yeah. Or just yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I I made up that expression, but just like it's, it's, it's a good. You know. it's, it's a so good I, I I that's I what I always felt like. You know. So you know, this is why Johnny Hunters is you know is is you know going out of his way to say hello to me. So I, I don't know. You know. Uh, you know. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I never did dope with them, and I never. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. I never. You know, certainly never bought them. But, but he. But, you think he saw him. you in that? Put in my own arm before his. <laughs> <laughs> this, rem- this, rem- this, reminds me, this reminds me of Sonny Greenwich in, in, in the 90s on, on the plateau. He, he would find, because he was sort of a local, sure. he'd find people who'd buy blow and they, you know, and he'd hang out with them all the time. Yeah. I don't want to name any names, uh, yeah. but I can think of a few local journalists that used to hang around with Sonny a lot who were basically dope batsies. And maybe I was too, because yeah. I like Sonny. But, right, right. You know, but yeah, I, it's yeah. sort of a different vibe though, Coke and heroin, right? Like the sort of social. That's true, that. yeah. yeah um, that's a good point. They're very, very different drugs. They well, and Coke, effects, you know, yeah. you Coke, you're drinking, you the bathroom, right. lines, yeah. you know. Yeah. Smack, you kind of, you know, you're shooting up, it's, you know. I mean, you do lines, too. I guess that's how Yeah, I, I never shot um, heroin, but I did smoke it and sniff it. But it was a very different vibe, too, that when you hang around with people doing it, it wasn't just kind of sitting there nodding off rather than kind of going, yeah, let's get some more and drink more and kind of like, you know, when you're on Coke. I guess it depends on how good the dope was. Yeah. Really, you know? yeah. Ideally, yeah. you're nodding yeah. off. You don't have to pay yeah. for your company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or you're not doing that in the shooting gallery where people are bleeding on you know, yeah. shooting blood from the extra ranges <laughs> your way. First time I did it actually was in New York in the, in the early 90s. So somehow I was down there and 
he got some, and I remember sniffing it and smoking it and stuff, and, you know. But yeah. I didn't really, I you know, I sort of dabble. I was one of these dabblers in smack, right? Well, you know, that's the only way I was never be. addicted to it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, and just as well, because that's not a fun... Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be Johnny Thump, right? That was, as you mentioned, how pathetic it was that he's yeah, falling he, he down. Was, he was, and yeah, he was... And I mean, at that moment yeah. in that time, and, you know, and I mean, and there were all these, you know... Of course, you know, everybody, you know, we all love Johnny Thunders. We all love the New York Dolls. Well, he all, was yeah. a great musician. I mean, he was a fan. Well, I love his music. I love Johnny he had, Thunders. He had, music. Yes, yes. I love his solo stuff. That's just my personal appeal. I think he was a real punk rock icon. Oh, you know? like, oh absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that, that's my view. But I, I'm a fanboy. You knew him right. as a person. so Yeah, but like I say, we weren't right. friends. We weren't friends. Yeah. You know, we weren't right. friends. Okay. Like, I didn't have his phone number. I didn't call him <laughs> up. Nor would I. Really? Nor would I. Why would I call him up? You know what I mean? Unless I was looking for dope and I thought he was right, right, right. And then he would have ripped me off anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. So there was okay. really no... All right. Uh, you know, there, was just, there was just someone from the neighborhood. Okay. Um, so that that's that. Um, we're moving towards closing, but I know that, Rob, you want... Yes. Yeah, you weren't yeah. friends with Thunder, but you were friends with Debbie Harry. Blondie, that's my Blondie. next... Yeah. Yes. Yes, I right. still am. Could, really? Yeah. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about her? Because no, I, I, I love music. Yeah, I, um, you know, I mean, and again, I heard it around the same time. Around the same time, a little earlier. Okay. Um, she was a bit had, older, right? As like yes, than yes, the so others in the New York scene. Actually, right? you know what? I first met Debbie Harry. This is true. Um, <laughs> when I was fifteen, uh, at at, um, uh, at the Plateau, at uh, the Plateau. Theater or hall, or whatever it's called. Uh, here in Montreal. Here in Montreal. Yeah, in Montreal. yeah they were they were supporting Iggy Pop. So it was March thirteenth, nineteen seventy seven. That's the day. I don't know. I'm remembering these days, but that that one I'm sure of. Um, Fact checkers out like, there listening can go and check. When did Blondie play at the Plateau Theater? I, I had this conversation <laughs> with Chris <laughs> recently. They were saying the first day on that tour was Toronto. I said, No, Chris, it was Montreal. Montreal. I remember it well. They turned around and said, Oh yeah. So, so, March 13th. So, so she was so, opening for yeah. So they, they their first yeah. record. I don't even know if it was out yet or or it was coming out very soon. And they had the Iggy tour with when the one the one uh, the idiot tour with Bowie on keyboards. Um, and they did their set. And I'd seen a photo of her in Cream magazine maybe that month. And I said, oh, I, I can imagine going into the bathroom as a teenage boy with that photo. You know, it's like I mean, Debbie I, Harry. Debbie Harry was so sexy and yes, beautiful. That's and, it. You know, that's in Videodrome, it. and she was just so. You she, know, just, yes, wow. yes, I. You know, you know, I. Yeah, the bone was fucking for that man, <laughs> for that broad. But, and she um, had this beautiful high voice. I mean, she was sexiness in so many different yes, dimensions. She, yes. Right? Well, this She's, is kind of interesting, thing, right? Right. So. You know, so anyways, I do not matter. She came after, and this is you know, this is one of the first shows that I'd seen that was not in at the Forum. You yeah, know, but yeah. like even the Dolls was a big, very pretty big venue, and this was you know, there's only about six hundred people for that first Dicky show. The Bowie on keyboards, nobody really cared, you know, um, here. So, um, so she came out, and you know, because it was a small hall, so I was sitting, you know, maybe five, six, seven rows back. No big deal. It was no, wasn't signed seats. Just you know, like at any gig. Um, and then she came out after an Iggy set and sat down right beside me, oh, wow. literally right beside me, um, just to and, watch Iggy. Yeah, 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 so she came and I, you know, I spoke to her. I said, oh, "It was a good set, or whatever, you know, whatever type fan like talk." That. Right, she was yeah. very sweet, very yeah. sweet, and you know, 
But that's it. You know, that was all. But later, you know, so we did a record. We made a record with Chris Stein, who was from Blondie. Right. And, um, and you know, and Chris and Debbie were an item, of course. They, you know, they were, you know, a, a couple for, you know, a long, long time. Um, and they were still a couple at this point. But they were, but they were sort of, they sort of go on their separate ways, you know. Um, I, I mean, they they still played, they still did music together. But they were uh, separating as a couple. Yeah, as right. a couple, right. you okay. know. But they were still really close. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and so she was, she'd stay, she would stay there, and I would stay. So we'd all stay at Chris's place. So Chris and Debbie and, and Chris would sleep in the bedroom upstairs, and I would sleep downstairs in the in the living room, uh, like on a on a pull out bed sort of thing with uh, Andy Warhol's cows at the end of the bed I'd be kicking it <laughs> <laughs> in my sleep oh, this fucking things are so uncomfortable <laughs> oh, I kicked that Warhol again you know I was always asking Chris to look at his photos one because he's a really good photo really good photographer but I was hoping to see Debbie do oh yeah right you know, so, but anyway <laughs> is this so, in New York this is in New York they had a place okay. in Chelsea okay. she, yeah. Yeah, she eventually moved to University Place but he was in Chelsea okay. right. um and they just moved from a big house on 72nd Street because they were broke. And Chris had been very sick, right? Blondie was broke when she was a big star. Uh, yeah, they were broke. They, uh, but that was when they had records selling. Well, this is uh, maybe 86 yeah, or okay. so. So, I mean, wow. they stopped making records. The last record was 82. That was about the year she was in video drum. That they around that. So, yeah, yeah. Around that time. I mean, you think she'd be a huge star. How could she be broke? I don't know if that's just from the outside. No, well, they, they, you know. no they, uh, they weren't good with money. Um, and they, um, uh, they had like, they had two managers, like they had one manager that they'd signed with very early on, they called them on private label, so they, 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 who was getting 20 or 25% off the gross, and then they ended up, like, they fired him, but they still owed, had to pay him, okay. so then they ended up with, I think, Shep Gordon, Alice Cooper's manager, maybe there was somebody in between before that. Um, and paying that person 25%. So right oh, away, 50% off yes. the top is Gone. going to manage. And then there's costs, right? Sure. You know, other... Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. So, I mean, so all the know, money just goes and then you're... Well, and, yeah, they, and they right. have drug habits, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so they, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I just remember that, you know, they had way more money than I did. You know, and, and Chris's slum apartment in Chelsea was still like two stories, you know, okay. the, the nice, right, like, right, little, right. like a townhouse type thing. Him and William Burroughs. <coughs> William Burroughs used to come over. Oh, yeah? You met William Burroughs? I was going to stay with William Burroughs at, at, at his place in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> and did it. I didn't. That's always Man, Chris, I, I, you're blowing my mind here. I mean, I, I, but when I, I was 18 and 19, I was reading every book by. I was yeah, well, fanatic I, over William right. Burroughs. No, I, I thought read, he was a genius. Yeah, I read, I read most yeah, of too. Yeah. I, and I had He was before. a punk rocker of his, you know. Well, he was a like an authentic, you know, kind of disruptive kind of, you know. Well, that was the thing that right? was so neat at staying at their place, right? Because all these people would come over. You know, David Bowie would come over. You know, wow. Biggie Pop would come over if they were in town. Um, is he short? William Burrow. Is he short? Yes. Yeah, he is. Okay, yeah. So, okay, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not. I wasn't always there, but I'd answer the phone, you know, because okay. I was living okay. there too, wow. right? Well, living there, you know, for extended periods. Um so, uh, you know, Burroughs were cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I sort of knew him over the phone. And then we were coming back. Um, 
from well, was Bobcats. he really grouchy? I'm just curious. Like he always seemed very stern. I, you know, very, I, 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 I again, know. I, I can't say that I I knew him. I, right, I met, okay. I met yeah. him and and spoken to him over the phone on a number of occasions. And okay. we were uh, right. we were coming back from Los Angeles on a tour, and the tour had gone poorly, and we had no money, and we were literally siphoning gas out of cars to get back home. You know? um, <laughs> wow. And actually, our roadie who was doing it. Had all had a record for that. Oh, he had a criminal record. That's how he was. Yeah. Siphon, so he's like a you know, a serial like an expert, a, a serial siphoner. Yeah. Like um, so, uh, so you made it back to New York from Los Angeles. Well, no, we, no, we, no, he was he was living in Kansas, and we oh, were in okay. Kansas, right? Okay, and um, and we were kind of we hadn't had anywhere to sleep, or you know, it was we so call William Burroughs at his ranch. So, well, yeah, I knew that. Him. I knew that. Yeah. I knew Burroughs was in Kansas. I knew you know Chris. So I spoke to Chris. Or my manager talk to Chris or whatever and see you know but for those you know we could just put, stay put, there. put you guys up yeah so uh, yeah sure they can okay all right and then we took a closer look at the map and realized well I think we were on Route sixty six and Lawrence was sort of had to, was Far a little bit north way. was kind of out of the way and we weren't I mean, he wasn't we weren't going there asking him for money you know <laughs> we were just looking for a place to crash <laughs> maybe shower you know. <laughs> Um, Makes me think. Did you stop off at the Gonzo Journalist in Colorado? What was that? Uh, and wrong road. That's too far. Uh, too far. Uh, was that Thompson? Uh, Hunter Thompson. Yeah, because I mean, you're on a trip, road trip. Stop yeah. off at uh, Hunter Thompson's place. No, or go to I don't know how. I don't know how, how uh, <laughs> secure <laughs> that. But uh, so, anyways, in the end, it didn't make sense. So we didn't go. But also, you know, I was the only guy in the band who even knew William Rose, let alone read him. You know? Right. Uh, really. Yeah. He seems like, God, how could you not know William Burroughs? Well, literary yeah, icon. Yeah, well, you know, these are not literary uh, students. I, I guess <laughs> I am. Yeah, okay. So, right. you know, but you are. Uh, right. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, comparatively, I guess, at the time. <laughs> at least I read, you know. Um, so did you make it back to New York? No, we came back. We were going back to Montreal. Okay, and we made Montreal. Right. But you were asking about Debbie. So I got to know Debbie pretty well because, well, obviously, we, we lived in the same place for, you know, weeks at a time. Um, and, you know, and Debbie... You know, she's a, she's wonderful. Seriously. It's like, you know, I've met a lot of famous people in my time. Like, you know, many, many famous people. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, uh, what's a, a road to hoe, road to hoe, plow to hoe. Road to hoe, I think it's <laughs> Whatever the expression is. Road it's, to hoe, right? Not yeah. road. I know, no, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. yeah. It's, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough call. To, to be famous, and, you mean? To be famous, yeah. like, that famous. Mm -hmm. right? And, um, uh, and she's just the sweetest thing. But, you know, there was one time, uh, yeah, we were lying in bed together, and it's just me and Debbie Harry. Right? Wow. And, and Chris had gone out, and there's two of us, and, you know, and the 16 year old me is going, you gotta make a move. You know? And, you know, at that time, I was a good, I, you know, I could seduce women, you know? Yeah. Um, you're young, good looking, and yeah, you're in bed with Dave, Debbie Harry. We're lying in bed watching, watching TV. And then, but there's a part of me saying, no, "Nah, you don't can do ruin it. This, yeah, a, don't do this because that could really work. It could be uh, uncomfortable for her and me too, especially since I'm staying there. You know, but you know, her and Chris were not an item. Right. So you know, but I, I, but on top of everything, there was zero sexual thing there, and oh, that's okay. what I've always yeah. found with Debbie. Debbie is like, uh, like an old big sister, and she's sweet and lovely, and she's uh, generous of spirit." And uh, she's, that's, that's she's she's wonderful, you know. She, I, you know, I don't say that about too many people. 
Um, and it's not because she's Debbie Harry. I say she's so wonderful, but she, you know, she really is lovely. She's I think if she were, and Chris that, is amazing. I think if she, amazing. if she were, I doubt she's going to ever listen to this. But if she were, she'd probably take that as a great compliment. I think, I, I, yeah, well, because sure. you can simultaneously say how beautiful and sexy she is, but also how much of a great person. Well, sexy was not the same. No, sexy yeah. maybe then, but when I maybe knew her, there was no sex. Yeah. I don't know if she'd had like because of how beautiful she was, she just had to turn that off. Okay. This, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. On screen, when you see her, she just radiated. This yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Spectacular, beautiful. You know, and and by the time I, you know, and when I knew her, uh, you know, when I knew her better, best, you know, she was she was you know well into her forties, and you know she had gone. Uh, you know, she was not. Uh, she wasn't the sex kitten she had been at a surprise. I could imagine a forty-five-year-old Debbie Harry would be. Pretty alluring. Well, still, still a, a beautiful woman, but yeah. a older woman, and she, and was just no sex vibe whatsoever. Okay, and you know, yeah. and I, I, uh, I don't, I think uh, that's not just me. That's, that's, I think anyone would tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, that's you know, and and I, you know, it's not like we're in touch all the time, but you know, I, I'm still in touch with Chris, you know, somewhat regularly. You know, not we don't talk every day, but you know, we we do communicate. Okay. Um, and uh, and I, I I saw her um last they were last time they were here uh, a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. So yeah, okay. you know. You know so they're, they're back together. Her Chris Stein or no? They were Blondie was Blondie Blondie was playing Oceaga. Oh okay. Right. So I just you know. Okay, so she was back with her band, right? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else about that that you wanted to rub? Uh, no, but I would like to uh, jump ahead a bit. Yeah, well, I'm, we're getting near the end here. Yeah, just yeah. a couple of questions, Chris. Yeah. So, you're at some point you realize you're, you're not going to make it musically. Well, yeah, and I was you, pretty, you, 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 you're, Well, yeah, at a certain point, it, like make it. I mean, that's all relative, right? But um, yeah, so, yeah, you did pretty well. You, at a certain point, you decide you're not going to pursue a musical career. Yeah, and then you morph into a writer. Yeah, You've never written before, no experience writing. Not really. I mean, I've written press. How, how does that? How does that help? Most people spend years and years learning how to write a sentence. Well, so how did that happen? That writing was always something that came fairly easy to me, even though I failed uh, grade 11 English composition. <laughs> you got two that's, out of 20 that, for pretty rest. That's right. I'm doing grade 10 now. Grade 10. No, yeah. no, but, but, yeah, it was Madame Wonton. She hated me. <laughs> she really hated me. It was terrible. I remember, I, you know, um, I'd read about uh, the Divine Comedy of Dante and, and thinking, well, that's something I should read. I, you know, just said, when I was like 14 or something, see, that's something I should read. You know, I should know that. And so then I, it was in the library, so I got it's a it. Read. It's a heavy read for a well, lot, a lot of triplets. Well, I, I, I realized that because it was in the school library. I took it and I actually went to her and I said, you know, and she'd been a fucking nun on top of everything. So, you know, I, I said, I, you know, this is the maybe. A bit off, maybe more than I can chew here. But I would like to get through this book because I think it's an important book. You know, uh, yeah, I should read <laughs> the Divine you Comedy. Know. Well, yeah, great work of literature. It's you know, yeah. So, yeah, so did you finish it? Did you? Uh, no, she, yeah. she looked up at me and she said, "I remember clearly looked up." Don't With, waste my time. This is an English teacher. Yeah, it's my English teacher. Who failed me? <laughs> but I could always write. I so, could so, always so write. hold on a second. Let me understand. You go to university. You want to read a great work of literature by Dante, one of the greatest writers of all yeah. time. One could argue. Yeah. 
and she tells you, "Don't waste my time." Yeah, that's right. That's an awful. So teacher. I wrote. Um, that's a that's a horrible teacher. I so mean, I did, I, yeah. So I did my book report on uh, this dime store novel, uh, "Cult of Killers," which was, <laughs> was ridiculous. Wow. Ridiculous. But okay. it was a, it was an easy read. So, no, so like you you were all on Max and just 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 to get back to what Rob was asking, you were always interested in literature, oh, reading uh, stuff, right? No, no, not especially. I mean, you know, I you know because I, I you know I I didn't go to to school, right? I mean, I was I was expelled in grade eleven, um, and you know the what we were taught in school was for you know there was things that I was good at and things I I just didn't care about and was not good at, like biology, it was terrible. terrible, math, it was terrible. But you know, I was pretty good. But at music. reading I was literature pretty good at, was pretty good. You were a bit better. Yeah, I, well, I was. Yeah. I I cared. I wanted to read. You know, right. I wanted an education. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I wanted. You know, and the education that was being provided was not. So very English good. class was not as bad as the other ones for you as a suffering. Well, thing, right? Is yeah. Probably, it? Well, it depended on the year and the teacher. But I just read anyway. So that's what I often did in school. I just had a book underneath my desk, and I just read. So. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you know, it might have been up and down with the Rolling Stones, or it might have been uh, the Divine Comedy, you know, or Burroughs. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so it was all, you know, writing is something that, you know, that always came fairly easy to me. I, I like to take the path of least resistance. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, I was pretty set in my ways by 35. And, you know, I don't present well, you know, I'm not going to get a job. No one's going to hire me. No one, no one's going to hire me. For you don't look that bad. No, I don't look that bad, but I don't present. People look at me and they go, oh, that guy. I don't think we want him in our, well, our well, Can I just stop you a little bit? There? What do you think it is? Because, I mean, you look like a I don't regular know. guy. Your hair's long, but who cares? Well, Nobody I, cares about long hair. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know. I have no idea how people perceive me at this uh, stage uh, of the I, game. I would say probably unmanageable. Unmanageable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, might so, be, yeah. yeah. But well, there's maybe, something yeah. about you that yeah. you, you couldn't control I, I, or something. I, there's yeah. no jobs that I wanted. What yeah. do I do? I work A&R in the record company? I don't fucking think so. I came up yeah, insurance, a banker, you know, it's like... It, that came up in the last one, like, the idea of going straight to you, you're like, no way, I can't, I can't do that. Well, I mean, like, I don't, I couldn't, I You have limited options when but you can't. you're done as a musician, yeah. and then you get a job at the mirror. Yeah? No, well, no, that's, not, that's not really true, so, uh, so when I came back, uh, I don't know, when I, when I came back from New York... I had nothing to do. I had no money, right? I had nothing. I had no band. I had no 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 education to speak of, no formal education, no training to do anything. Um, so it was like, you know, and so basically the type of work when I had to work was shitty, you know, like really crappy work. Like, you know, I used to work at Manic Panic. I don't know if you know that. Manic Panic. I remember that. There was the Blondie Connection, uh, Tish and Snooky. They, uh, what was it? Just they, well, they sold a lot of stuff like punk clothes. But they store. had hair dye. Right. Yeah, they had a hair yeah. dye. So they imported hair place. dye, like yeah. blue hair dye, green hair dye before it was common. And um, they imported from London, I think. And then uh, my job, along with a whole bunch of other rock and roll uh, losers, um, <laughs> were for, for five bucks an hour, would put stickers on the hair dye so they wouldn't see where it came from in England. <laughs> and they'd ship that shit all over the States. And, you know. Okay. So, you so, know, so you had some odd job. This is the 90s we're talking this about? This is the 90s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're, that's you're, you're in your 30s. You come back. You're like, okay, i got to try and figure out what I'm going to do. I'm no yeah. longer in rock and roll. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I was still making, I was still making music. Music and and I made some 
I think I made some excellent recordings at that, at that time. But they never you toured with Pootsauce at one point. That was during that time. That was ninety right? four. Right. I mean, because I, I think we talked about yeah. that once that when Bootsauce went, you guys went. Yeah, that was the last year. Shout out to Sonny Greenwich and Bootsauce, <laughs> and, right? <laughs> that, you know, yeah, we did friend pill, of mine. Pillbox, right? we did the uh, Canadian okay. tour with him. So, so you're doing some music, but you're kind of winding it down. Well, I was. Right? This is what I tell you. What I was doing. I had to pay the bills. It was very depressing, and I was cynical as fuck by that point. Mm. It's like you know, because you know things that always come so close for me, and then they went to shit. Yeah. And Pillbox was an excellent band, right? That record was reissued recently, and you know people love it because it is an excellent record. Um, but, you know, bands are bands, and they're fickle, and, you know, and that's it. So when the band had split up, actually, uh, American, which is Rick Rubin's label, found me in Montreal, wow. asked me, that said, can we see the band? We love your record. Rick blah, Rubin, blah. man. Well, that's, not Rick Rubin personally. But, but still, yeah, that's pretty that high label, yeah. yeah right. um, then A&M. Oh, Beastie Boys, by the way, just for anyone listening. Rick Rubin of the Beastie Boys, but go ahead, yeah. Oh, and many other things, but yeah. I went to a party with them once. That's yeah, okay. Um, but, so, uh, so you're kind of, you're, you're in a transition here in the 90s. You're doing well, some I, music and you're... Well, right? I, I, well so, and how I was paying the bills, and I've never really spoken about this because I'm kind of ashamed of it, and still I am. Um, is that, you know, okay, what am I going to, I got to, you know, what am I, you know, I got to, I got to make money somehow, right? So, uh, so I became Jim Morrison of Quebec and the Doors, I mean, the tra- homage to Doors. Oh my God! Cover band? Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. So this time? is anyone listening? Wait, really? This is the first. This is the first what time. The, what was the name of the group? Alive, Alive she cried. Alive she cried. <laughs> so just for anyone listening, Chris is in for me outside. Uh, so so Chris is admitting you, you played, something. You played, you played in Montreal. Um, I, well, that was the thing. I, you know, I, I was very uh, ashamed of it and, and embarrassed. And you shouldn't I, be. Well, I, I, being able to sing like Jim Morrison's not easy. It's man. just the whole thing. It's like you know, the culture was crap, and these homage bands were contributing to the crowd. Yeah. And I'd always railed against that. And here I am fucking doing it. And why am I doing it? Because, money. Because, yeah, money. the money was Need not money. bad. I'm getting 500 And you could, you could do it. Not many people can do that. Well, that's the other thing true. that's interesting well, about that. Well, I realized that, that too. Well, my, right? you know, my, my thought was, so I, we always played the hinterland. You know, like, uh, Quebec Laurentians City. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, Lac-Saint-Jean, okay. Victoriaville, Drummondville, every... Shit down in Quebec, we played, you know. Um, and, you know, and people loved it. Oh, they loved the door. Because I can imagine I, I, I can see you being a very good Oh, person. totally, totally, yeah. man. Well, was, you got I the hair and the, yeah. the movements. Yeah. Well, I, and I was, you have a deep voice. You had a very deep voice, and you're thin. Yeah, I had to, yeah, 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 right. I had, no, I, had I, totally. I had to, like, sing like this. <laughs> um, I didn't have to, but I mean. I, I could know. imagine drunk French Canadians in bars just loving oh, seeing you on the stage as Jim Morrison, man. It was a big hit. You you shouldn't be ashamed of that. I mean, uh, that's actually hard to do. Well, I mean, I'm I'm know? so ashamed of it that I'm actually talking about okay. it publicly now. This is cathartic, but right? Uh, Maybe well, I never knew. Yeah, well, it's not something I ever care yeah. to advertise. Maybe the Mega Blast podcast uh, is the first time that anyone's going to know, except for those French Canadians who were pissed and saw you in Lac Saint Jean. Yeah, no, they they yeah. You know, we played to like a thousand fucking people. This shitty cover band. I mean, it wasn't a shitty cover band because everybody could play. They were all excellent musicians. I mean, you know, and I would do fucking my shtick, and and you know, and then the chicks would all want to sleep with Jim, and you know. <laughs> 
Where it was like, it was fucking ridiculous. But it was, you know, it was not, it was, you know, fun at least. I mean, it, it, it could be know, fun. I was, right? always, I was always drunk when I did it. I sort of had a, you know, sort of in the spirit of the thing. Were you ashamed was, of it at the time? Like, oh, absolutely. Right. Okay, okay. Oh, so absolutely. you were up there going, I don't want to do this. Uh, our right. friend Christian saw me do it in Quebec City. Really? Okay. called me on it. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> don't tell anybody you saw Christian me. Christian Gravener. Shout out to Christian Gravener. Right? Yeah. <laughs> don't tell anybody you saw me do that. <laughs> It's like, you know, because I still cared, right? And I still had a bit of reputation. People still knew who I was. Like, occasionally, you know, we'd do those things. They go, hey, why aren't you from, you know, 39 Steps or whatever? You know, I know. Okay. <laughs> you would lie. I, you would I, actually I, lie. Probably. So, okay. Wow, okay. Uh, I, I, right. I, just, I just thought it was lame. But at the same time, you know... I was working on weekends and making 500 bucks a week. So that's Cash better. Money, than, right? That was better than the alternatives. Right. And at that point, it was just so like, you know, it was just like, oh, it's fuck. Everyone else sells out. <laughs> it's like, fuck this. Right. It's like, what am I doing? Right. And, and, and I need to feed myself. So and, it, I, and, I, and I don't even want to work. So while I was doing work, I don't, you know, I don't want to be somebody's fucking boy. Right, right, I'll right. never be anyone's boy. So you got to do something. So it's like, even though, you know, in that. At world, least it's music. Right, at least it's yeah, music. yeah, it's music. And right. I was not like yeah. doors. So right. I mean, that's why we did the doors. doors are great. Right? Yeah. Like you know, could have been. So did you uh, form the Pearl cover? Jam? But you did know, you form the cover shit. band? Like, did you set it up? No, no, no God, someone no, else God, did. Okay. No, I, 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 right. a friend of mine um, uh, knew that I was in a bad way, and uh, <laughs> I realized I was vulnerable. Uh, I approached <laughs> with the idea, and I thought about it long and hard, and I figured cash money. Right. Well, you know, pay the bills, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, and, and like, look, I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that skill. I certainly knew how to, you know, how to perform or, you know, be a monkey on the stage. And, <laughs> and you know, and, 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 and I didn't mind the doors. I mean, by the end of that, you know, that was, had like a two-year run or something. Uh, by the end of it, it's like, I never want to hear Riders on the Storm again. Um, <laughs> even though I like the song, you know, and the repertoire was mostly from the first. That's got to be the most boring song. I mean, I, I love the doors. Well, it was but, good for me because you know. the big long intro and then the big fucking piano solo, so I would just disappear. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> the thing I like about Let My Fire too. Cause keep so long, playing. yeah, it's really. I'll long just scary. go back and take a break and then to drink and do whatever and oh, come back and like you. You know that was the untruth. Uh, so, so anyway, so yeah, so what? So when I was doing that, that's all I was doing. I was like, well, that's not very fulfilling. Um, I was making music on the side, like I said, I made I made a, a full record with stuff which never came out, which it was good material. If I do say so myself, um, uh, maybe it'll be released after I die. Okay, yeah. uh, <laughs> you can find Post- it on my posthumously. The great Chris Berry mm, will leave a I, legacy uh, of music it. that will be. Uh, yeah, I, I, s- I, I have sent that record out to people that like you know people that really like my other records. You know, that contact me and I, if I sort of feel them out, I'll send them a copy of it. And, okay. and you know, what are they going to say? Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Okay. But I mean, yeah. I'll say, I always say that. Like, so, so while I was doing that, the the rest of the doors. Were uh, most of them were in school and university, and you know, the doors cover bit. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 not yeah. the actual no, no, doors. No. Yeah, but okay. We, we were, yeah. <laughs> as far as anything concerned, about we were the doors. Right. Uh, okay. Let's play. And um, so they're studying. They're doing different things. And, well, they're right. they're mostly going to school, and and you know, and I always kind of. You know, I'd kind of like to have had a formal education, you know. Um, I just never was able to. I was always on the road or touring, and, you know, and, and my 
you know, like I say, I, you know, I didn't have a high school degree, right? Because, well, I, I did in, in the end have one, but, um, you know, uh, it, it, you know, academically, I had never really excelled. Um, no, that's not really true. I excelled at the things I was good at and the things I didn't care about, I didn't. You're clearly intelligent. I mean, it's uh, well, no question. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe brighter than your average bird. <laughs> well, it depends. Crows are really intelligent. Yeah. But maybe not as smart as a crow. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it's hard uh, to be that smart. Come on. You know? <laughs> so it just seemed like something to do. So it's like, okay, well, I'm making money. And, uh, you know, and like, so, okay, so maybe I'll take some courses that interest me. So I took some, you know, history and literature and stuff. Yeah. Like that, and then I was, at university, well, at point. university, and also you know I was getting grants, grants okay. and yeah. bursaries and stuff like that. So it's like between the doors, and then getting money, you know, and a scholarship, you know, eventually. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. so I just you know I figured, well, okay, at least if nothing else, is you know I pay the bills, and you know I'll end up with student debt, which is, you know which you we know, talked about earlier, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, but at least I'll pay the bills, and uh, you know, and so my, my writing developed. You know, my ability to write developed in university, you know. Writing essays yeah, and that kind of yeah, thing. It, yeah, it, right. you know. But, I mean, and then uh, then I started editing the rant line at the Montreal Mirror. Oh, I remember that. I it. thought it was Alistair Sutherland. It was Alistair. Yeah. When Alistair got from a, became the editor. Just to be did. clear what the, what the rant line was, it was people would, there was a vocal box where people would call in. I thought it was the hour. Maybe it was the mirror. It was the mirror. It was the mirror. And people would, like, call over throughout the week because it was the, that you know, magazine was, was newspapers once a week. People would call and leave these crazy messages. And Alistair Sutherland and I guess you would, you know, sort of put them together and curate them into yeah. this thing. I remember I used to read it. Yeah. It was great. These crazy uh, kind of people. Yeah, playing. yeah, yeah. There was really good ones. Uh, when they were, <laughs> really good ones. And, and like Alistair, yeah. Alistair was took that out. I said, there's a science to the rat line. You can't fuck it up. <laughs> You know, but what they, was it? What was the science? Well, the, the the science was like never to embellish. Like okay, just straight take up. what they because it was always quotes. I mean, you, it was yeah. like this person yeah. called in. Blah, blah, but when blah, it got yeah. boring, I would create. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never told Alistair, God forbid, Alistair, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would have been fired. He was a real purist. I, 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 yeah. I, I used to know Alistair pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, yeah. And the Arad line, he was like crazy protective about it. He had a trademark. <laughs> and he stole it from our friend Michael Maddox anyways, who had a magazine anyway. that I did write for in uh, New York. Oh, okay. So so you that's how you got in at the mirror was you were, you would. I started editing, like editing, editing the Arad line. The line. Okay. And then uh, right. I wrote a story about Randy Byro, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. the coke guy wrote who you know ended up with Alice in Chains and and Soundgarden okay. Okay. and his stories and that was published nuts. and that that they published yeah that. I wrote a story on him yeah okay. because he was in prison at the time and it's you know he had quite an interesting experience right um, and I yeah so he was in in prison then wow okay. uh, for uh, yeah anyways whatever but he, he you know he obviously got fucked up with everyone else in that Seattle scene. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, Nirvana, so this, this, is, this is the nineties grunge scene. We're talking about Nirvana, yeah, this kind like, of thing. Yeah, that's like, yeah. So Seattle, like, Washington, where all those bands big well at least Nirvana and some of the others. Yeah. So you yeah. had some contacts and you wrote an article about about Ryan. Randy yeah. who was our roadie okay. who had gone on to who'd moved to uh he went to Seattle with Voivod and then he stayed there and okay. uh, he had been sort of chased out of town anyways because he was a coke addict and um, Voivod mm, great here he was a coke addict then they moved over the great French Canadian band Voivod yes uh, yeah 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 they yeah. were they were great yeah, yeah. Okay. well Randy was our roadie forever okay. he was our guy and then he became and then he, you know they started working with other bands like Voivod and then he became uh, Allison Chain's guy. 
So they were managers. Right. They had the same manager, Soundgarden. So he's always on the road with them, and you know he did very well. He they was paying him a lot of money. Like he was a member of the band. You know, like the way your head roadie guy kind of is part of the right, band. Right, so right, right. So he was, right. you know, he what he was for us, he became for them. Only they were successful. Yeah. <laughs> so he so was driving wrote, a Mercedes so, in that so, house yeah. in Burbank. So, so you wrote this until article, he, yeah. but his drug habit took right. over. And ended up, yeah. So, so you wrote this article. You had it published, and this was, I guess, your first major piece that was. I'd, ri- I'd written for. Uh, yeah. I'd written for uh, this this uh, magazine in New York called Street Sound. It was mostly about dance and and eating. Well, this was pre EDM, but dance and DJs and shit like that. It was that culture, rap, I guess, to 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 hip hop, to a point. So right, uh, right. I, I, you know, I don't know. I just wrote. So you had some experience. Yeah, 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 I, yeah and yeah. I could always write. You know, yeah, I could always yeah. write. Yeah. You know, I, I, in fact, I, I saw a press release that I wrote in 1983 or something. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I, I used to write, write for the Link at Concordia when I was there. I, yeah, know, I, I did it because I could get free show tickets. Right. Like I go see shows and I'd write a stupid thing. You know, I get free music. You know, I was like, I was like, I didn't really care about the writing. Was, you know, for you me, know? for me, it was just something I could do. It was I, I didn't have to change who I was. Alistair was a fantastic editor I could I could be as rude or say pretty well anything I want and if I was pushing it too hard which right. I can do uh, Alice and Alice would say no, you can't talk about ebony twink action in this context um, <laughs> you know so it's like if Alice said that I, I knew it was true and Al- so I, I would go okay thank you you cover my ass on that Alistair was a very successful publisher he had MTL magazine for a yeah, long he was time an editor. And then, editor. editor no but and, and he, he's just one of these guys who like Christian Gravener who's been in and out of the media business yeah. for the last 40 years in Montreal oh like, yeah you know, Alistair, so. Alistair was yeah. a fantastic editor and yeah. I, I learned a good guy I used to him. drink with him he used to yeah. hang yeah. out with him and Sonny and stuff and I knew him and you know yeah. Yeah. drinking with him would be the activity yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, Alistair was great. So, I mean, you know, so basically then I got the, then I wrote a column and had a okay. call, a weekly column that I did for, I don't know, 12 or 13 years or something. So it was not a bad thing. It was like, you know, I didn't have to work too hard. I, and, you know, and sometimes and I could write stories that, you know, that I could use my own voice. I wrote my own voice a lot then. And so I can make jokes and I can have fun. And people, Fine. and then there's this meeting yeah. and feedback every Thursday and this stuff. Comes so out. this is how it happened. You ended up with a column and you. Yeah. So yeah. then I just wrote, yeah. wrote for them. And then I started writing for Saturday Night Magazine. And uh, I'm, I'm amazed at yeah. other places. I must have read your stuff because I used to pick up the mirror every yeah, you, week. You, so you, I am yeah. sure I, you know, I used to leave through and read the rant line. I must have read your Yeah. Column. What was the name of your column? That column was the one up front called People. Remember? People. It started like you yeah. take, like you I took various characters from around town and I would, you know, do a, it was sort of based on a yeah, doers like Scotch profiles. Okay. Small, small interviews. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'd, you know, I'd fuck with people, you know, like I, I'd interview somebody packed fudge and Drummondville or something and, you know, maybe yeah, talk you know, about Joe joke and, and uh, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Uh, but I, I, I spoke to a lot of interesting people. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. uh, from, you know, uh, specialized prostitutes to, uh, to uh, surgeons, to the plastic surgeon, everybody. Uh, you sure, know, right. I, had to th- yeah. I had to think of somebody to interview every week. And I had to make it funny, and I had to be interesting. So 
you know, so, was, you know, some weeks were obviously better than others, but some of those columns were really good. And then I, you know, and then I was writing feature stories and cover stories and stuff. And it was paid better. Okay. And, um, and, you know, and I could have, and, and celebrity interviews and stuff like that. You know, I'd interview, you know, Patty Smith or whoever right, it was right. coming around. Yeah. So it was a so, range of like from people, unknown people who just were interesting up to Oh, oh no, 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 no. I would, no. Like someone like Patty Smith wouldn't be in my column. My column okay. was all local. Okay. It was all local people. Okay. Some, you know, the guy that drove the, uh, one I remember a good one was the guy who drove the um, uh, the, the the train in Cavendish Mall with the little children. Oh yeah, okay. you know, wore the hat and stuff. And uh, you know, because you get pathos from these people, you know, like you know, like you know, well, this I am living my dream or whatever, you know, not that, but stuff that that was kind of funny when you, you take it out and put it into the call. You, you think so, being Jim Morrison is hitting rock bottom? Try, well, <laughs> try being that guy. Like, this is my dream is to drive the train in Cavendish. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's what it was. But, but he's, you yeah, know, the yeah. people like, like the guy, you know, like for, okay, the guy, the guy that cleans out shit uh, from Porta Potty. His job's cleaning out shit. But sometimes I gotta get really in there with my axe and I gotta pick up the ship when it's frozen and put it in. And then I can get my hose in there and suck up this shit and it stinks. And I walk by and I watch people. It makes me laugh. I go driving up the street. I see people, whoa, holding their noses. Oh boy, have fun. I love this because you're clearly imitating it's a French Canadian, right? That yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy, like the way you're doing it is great. It's but I, you know, so I, you know, so I, that was I, fun. Got people that run rehabs with, you know, with ridiculous methods and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, so by this time, but by the after after doing that for ten or twelve years, you had really become a writer, and you yeah, yeah, made the yeah, transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it so, so yeah. I started writing like basically once. I mean, professionally, I started writing. You know, I guess in '99 or something. I mean, I'd done some professional writing like here and there. I wrote for articles for Graffiti, which is a Canadian, just here and there when in the '80s and at times. But I didn't really. You know, turn around and say, well, what do you do? Yeah, I'm yeah, a writer. Yeah, and you wrote for Travel. Travel. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Travel I wrote, the, well, the Fedora's Travel Guide. It was yeah, Montreal, I mean, and a couple other things. Oh, yeah, and I wrote so, for uh, the Burlington So, uh, So what? what is it in your writing that uh, recommended you as a writer of pornography for cinema? <laughs> Oh, well, when I started doing porn, uh, not as an actor, as I swing my big fucking dick around. Who approached um, so me? Was it, was it a producer or an actress? Well, I'm sorry? Who 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 initiated contact? Uh, producer. Producer, yeah. Not an actress. Well, basically, it was this company, uh, well, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but I was very proud of it at the time. I, I love when people say, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm a pornographer. You know, because I, I just, I, I love that. I said, Mom? Tell people what they're asking what I'm doing. Tell them what your son is. No, he's a pornographer. And they'll laugh. So how, how, they how, did. How, how did that connection happen? Um, uh, a, my, the person, the individual uh, who had managed uh, one of my bands had been um, hired by this company in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was called Danny's Hard Drive. Danny with an I. And uh, it might have there, there might have been more to it. I forget, but um, they, uh, you know, they had they had a they had like a fucking multi million dollar monthly business putting together porn and the porn and like they you know they they basically you know had the, the local sluts and they turn around and they film them and you know and they would and they would give them stories right like you know they're like I even remember Aria. 
Giovanni, and uh, I even remember they were, you know, porn stars, like well known wow. porn stars. You know, I'm sure I've right? seen some of them. Okay, I, I you <laughs> know, just to, you know, that that yeah, porn yeah. was always too conventional for my own. Uh, yeah. Peccadillos. I, I got bad um, news about the coffee, Chris. We got no more coffee. Uh, so okay. We're gonna have to wrap this up That's soon. Okay, I'll survive. Yeah, yeah. but so they, so basically, they, 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 uh, they, they didn't feel that their scripts were very good, and so they. What's a good porn script? I mean, well, I it's that. actually there's more to it than you think because it's like you know you don't you don't script. Okay, you go ooh, and then you go oh. Right, right. You know, it's basically. But the you, intro when they need to set it up, up right? right? Yeah. If there's going to be any eroticism to it. That's how yeah. that's the setup. The pizza right? guy arriving at well, the yeah. door, knocking yeah, on the door, it. and that's a hello, of, man. Would you like me to bring the pizza inside? That's it, and that's the kind of script they were getting. Yeah. How do you and like they, your peppers? Yeah, yeah. How do you like the sausage? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they brought yeah. me. They brought me in to sort of up the quality of, of the script, okay. yeah. and you know, and make them funny. And you know, it was kind of a, it was you know, it was not you know my taste in 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 uh, erotica. You want to call it that? It was all like sort of like uh, big tits. It was yeah. all about big tits yeah. and like hey, look, I got big tits and I'm jumping on a trampoline kind of thing. You know? right, right, or like right. you know, I mean, I can appreciate it. You're more of a kind BDSM of kind of guy, right? Like, well, yeah, my I mean, my tastes are a little more exotic. Yeah. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, as long as there's a child involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, 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 yeah, so basically they brought me in, and then, so I, I you know, I wrote scripts I, that were kind of funny, right? That was because that was sort of their tone, but that were actually kind of funny. And most of it was at the expense of the actresses. Um, so I would give them real lines, you know, and they would get mad at that. And so they, the actresses or the talent would be mad. It's like, you know, and I, my, well, they, I, they flew me out there, Los Angeles, to the studio because they're filming these things, you know, fucking 24-7, right? Um, and well, Why were they angry? They were, well, they're mad. Well, this is it. They yeah. were like, you know, I remember talking to one of the uh, uh, actors, actresses, um, and, and, and she said, look, if you want to write something where they piss on me, that's fine. But don't ask me to learn a paragraph of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. So they just want to get in front of the screen, open their legs. And, it's uh, just too much. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not, yeah, what, exactly. that's, that's like, not what I right. do. Okay. What I do is the, the, like, Their job know, is to suck the dick and, it. you know, have the cum on the it. boobs. That's it. That don't, okay. don't, don't ask yeah. me to. But, but actually memorizing words. Well, yeah, they, even had, they even had a, t- a problem. Well, I mean, look, that, look, you know, it's no accident. I mean, they're good at that. They're good at fucking. Like, that's what they're good at, right? Yeah. They're not good at memorizing lines. I mean, you know, right? Who isn't good at fucking? Well, yeah. You know, it's a connection between two people. Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, no, but like, well, I guess so with you. I totally yeah, agree I with that. With it, but, it's, it's, but there's also something about like pornography too. I mean, it's a way of fucking. I mean, there's like you have to show. Yeah. Your, you know, there's this whole thing that they're doing that this, this most was, people uh, fucking are just fucking. I mean, they're having. Yeah. Might be great. Might this, be this, hot. This but. wasn't my part. It was more like softcore, really. I mean, it was. It was really the whole thing was like. You know, and they would, and what I was, a lot of what I was doing was repackaging their old content, putting new content to it to string it all together, like right. sexy string it all together, and then they would put this out on DVD, and that's a okay. whole other market, and they made a ton of fucking money, and yeah. they paid me a lot of money to do Porn it. Porn is huge. Business, it was, man. you know, yeah. it, it was a sweet Porn gig. Is- it was a sweet gig. They flew me out there, put me up at the Beverly Hills Lows, and, you know, uh, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a sweet gig, and they paid me well, and, you know... I can remember going, you know, 
going out, going, you know, I going out with friends in LA, uh, who are, you know, in the music business and TV, you know, famous, what are you doing that now? Hollywood yeah, fucking yeah. famous thing, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, and people don't really want to talk to you unless they think you can do something for them, right? It's like, or unless you're, you know, unless they recognize you or, you know, or you're in a position to do something for them, you know, important person in the industry or whatever. And that's just what it is. It's gross, you know. Um, but I, you know, but that's what Los Angeles, when, when, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. So when in Rome, when in Rome, so you know, so people try to figure out oh, what's this guy, who's he, you know, looks like a musician, but yeah, yeah. so you know, yeah. so you know, so, well, you know, it's, well, I, I'm, I'm here because uh, I, I, I work in pornography, <laughs> actually, you know, I, I write, that, I write yeah. porn, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a pornographer. I was very, it made me laugh, <laughs> made me laugh to say it, and people, and all of a sudden, everyone's gathering around, <laughs> do tell, yeah, right, like, right. You know, just like, just like. We're doing. Right? Like, yeah, we want to hear the story. Well, that's it. It's like you know, and I have lots of stories of them. So, but I mean, it, you know, it wasn't. Uh, it, it, yeah, there was just you know these like you know actresses and people, these fucking people. They just thought this was wonderful. Well, and, you know, well, what and, then, I, and then people that knew me already knew me. Right. Well, well, that's just perfect. Uh, are those? I mean, <laughs> yeah, for about a year. Porno actresses. I mean, are they really as ditzy as we think they might be? Well, I only know so many of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering if any of them are like interesting people when you're like, well, talking I'm, to I, them. I, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm sure there are. Um, you know, my my relationship with any of those uh, actresses, I can call them that. Um, or, or, you know, what was professional right okay. you know what I mean like I was hanging out with them okay. uh, no desire to hang out with them no desire to fuck or anything like that just whatever yeah I was like you know so it's a job right? but I mean yeah. I, they were not the, my experience they were not the uh, best and the brightest necessarily right, yeah. you know but I mean I'm sure there were you know plenty of lovely uh, yeah. women that, that worked or men that worked in that media but uh the, there are know, more women, as I understand the, the pornography business, they need more turnover of women because people want to yeah, see new yeah. ones. The guys have longer careers, like, you know, the Ron Jeremy's or whatever they, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? They, 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 they kind of worry. I, I, nobody, I, I, I mean, spent time with who's, Ron Jeremy. Who's watching porn? It's <laughs> guys. And you, uh, you wrote about it. I wrote about yeah? it. Okay. I heard he was, uh, he had some sort of sexual. Yeah, assault. yeah, I think he's in prison, isn't he? Didn't he's he have like some assault thing? Something with him? I he, he, he's been, he yeah. He, he, was a, he was a charming conversationalist. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He seems, uh, he, he was a school teacher when he started out in his, as a young I think man. I think he, if I, if I remember correctly, and I might not, I think he said, that he was a, a maybe a drama teacher, something, yeah, something to do with, or an, he was a serious actor at one point, yeah. um, okay. or something like that. I mean, I haven't thought about this in twenty years, you know, but um, he's or, probably uh, one of the most like, famous porn, porno stars, yeah, of, like yeah. male ones yeah. at least, yeah. one with John Holmes, <laughs> the other one, right? So you know, my experience yeah. in the porn industry was brief. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, like I say, it lasted about a year. Why, but I was why, like, why was it brief? You quit, or they? Uh, I think they didn't need me anymore. Okay. I, I can't remember. I, right. I was sad to see it go. Right. You know, good money like, and fun times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what had happened? I actually, what happened? I was brought in there because because uh, my ex manager had been called in to develop the company as a as a, uh, a consultant on how they could make more money and you know how to do this and that and selling you know moving DVDs and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they all determined they need better scripts if they're going to sell this shit. 
So they hired me. And then, so he worked, I think he worked with them for a year. And I guess I came with him. That, okay. That's what happened. Right. So okay. whenever he, his contract expired, mine did too. Okay. And then, you know, that was it. And it, it, it was, yeah, it was, it, it, you know, it, it was great. It was great. It, I don't know if I'd want to do that the rest of my life. Well, that's it. It, it, it sounds know. like something you might kind of do for a while and then just want to move on just because. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I didn't have that like awesome. sort of thing. Moved and then, okay. All right. Um, listen, um, I, I, you know, it's like we've already been going on for an hour and 40 minutes, and yeah. it's so interesting. I hope we can do it again. Yeah, I, well, I you always know. like to yak about myself. Yeah. It's, my, it's my favorite <laughs> subject, you know. <laughs> yeah. But so, one thing, one thing yeah, I want to I always edit this, the boring stuff out. Nah, no, man. Keep all the boring bits in. There's nothing boring, man. Uh, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's not. But I wanted to tell you that after the last episode, just getting back to this posterity of Pillbox. I had a guy email me from Australia who sent me this podcast. He, uh, his name, it was Rat Boy. Mm -hmm. Do you know this? And sure, Rat Boy played uh, with me in Pillbox. And he was like, yeah, I love Chris Perry. And then I listened to it and I read through it and they, they, they talked about you in this podcast. I don't know if you listened to it. They said Chris Perry, like they said, this was a Japanese guitarist who was talking about his career as a guitarist. And then when the, you came up, they said, yeah, they said, well, being a lead singer is a lot of crappy lead singers. But Chris Berry was a really good lead singer. He was one of the better ones. Yeah. And, and I, I can tell I, these I would guys agree with serious. that. Yeah. I would agree no, with but that. I mean, just to speak to your your impact, you Listen, were good you know, at it. You, know, you know, I think I've told you before, it's like, you know, people still come out of the woodwork and, and – uh, you know, and and because I'm not that hard to reach, you know, or I guess no one's really that hard to reach anymore. Um, and you know, and I see the record, you know, where people are listening to the music. I get the statements, and you know, and I don't know why why people in Russia are listening to like whatever records. You, know? you can hold your head up high that you you know, even if you never became as famous as the Stooges or something. You did it. You did it really Wasn't well. As good, never as good as yeah. Well, it's, right. Okay, that's, that's, that could that's be a, a bad comparison. That's like the greatest, right? Act yeah, ever. But I mean, you know, you you could take any other band that got bigger than you that you know maybe uh, yeah, good, right. Sure. You know what I mean? You could say I was as good as them, and you oh, could actually be better. The truth, better. Exactly. My my shittiest right. band was better than what sold and the fucking all the hair metal and stuff like that. The <laughs> shittiest thing I ever did. The Doors were better than that. Um, but don't, so, don't yeah, you think sure, you can hold your head up high and say I was I was good yeah, at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I, I you yeah, know I don't think right. everything I ever fucking recorded is is brilliant, but uh, a lot of it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's like it's it, you know or you know or, or it was where I was at, where I was at the time. You know, I'm doing uh, threatening to do music again. Actually. That that's a good place to close. So just as we let's close it up, you're reforming the two two two. No, 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 that... no, enough of those guys. Um, All right. Yeah. So um, what's going on? But just to Rob told me that you're getting the band back together. No, this is like, like yeah, the Blues no, Brothers. No, no, no. So what are you doing? There, there's just a, a handful of musicians that are all excellent musicians that have been, uh, you know, were asking me to, you know, if I'd be interested in, in, in doing music. So uh, I said, okay. okay. So, <laughs> so you, it's, it's really... Can, can you name some of the people and talk about where you're going to be playing? Just oh, uh, you know, I, I, it's, 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 it's very casual. It's really just okay. the love of making music. All right. It's like, you know, I mean, listen, if, if we write anything or I write or we write anything that's decent, we'll record it and make okay. it available to the world, you know. But, um, so you're not getting the band back together. You're forming uh, a new band. Yeah, and we're right. not gonna, not going to do gigs or lowly gear. I mean, maybe, and nobody's going to want us anyways. But if they did, okay, we'd do festivals. I don't know about that. Or, 
Well, I mean, we're not going to do the club circuit. Let's put okay. it that way. No, but I, I um, could imagine one of the festivals. They, they, yeah, maybe. They, you know, maybe. Yeah, so maybe then we'd, we'd play or whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still don't even... I, I just started writing for the music for the first time in like uh, wow. 10 years. Just the other day, in anticipation, I was like, okay. I don't even know what it's going to be. It may not be a rock and roll thing. Like, you know, the right now the instrumentation is um, uh, a piano, violin, a bass and drums. Wow. Okay. And violin. Me, me on guitar. Yeah. All right. And me on guitar if we need a guitar. Maybe we won't even and this, one. And this, this is going to be sort of punk-ish or rock. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I got to feel out like these musicians, and it'll okay. be whatever it is. But I don't think it'll be like everything. Oh, man, I don't know. Listen, yeah. if you know, if if the other directions don't don't work out well, you know, then uh, I mean, look, you know, I can write fucking these songs like all my old records like in 20 seconds it's like so we could do that again you know but, but I you mean, don't want to you, you want to move forward so. right oh, yeah that's yeah it. i don't want to do know, something new also right? you know you know rock and roll to me is like sex is a big fucking part of it it's like that totally. it's a beat totally. the stance everything that you know it's, it's all, all about, about sex, sex. and yeah. it's like you know that's not so good from a 62 year old man <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't, you know, it's so like, do a, something different. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, my taste, you know, I, I, you know, I grew up listening to Leonard Cohen and Joan Baez as much as I listened to the Beatles and the yeah, Kinks totally. and the Stones. And, you know, I like Nico as much as I like the Velvet Underground, like the totally. Marble Index and those totally. records, yeah, yeah. Singles, of course. So it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's many different, so I like you, folk music. You, you're going to let it evolve. As Phil it, Oaks, listen to Phil Oaks. Right. I mean, you know. So you're just going to kind of start writing it, start playing with them and see where yeah, it kind yeah, of Yeah, I may not even write it. I, I don't know. So okay. you, you know, I've told every, everyone, you know, okay. bring in your, if you got some ideas. Maybe the next time you come I mean, I'll, back. Write the lyrics, I'll write the words, obviously, because unless somebody else can write good words. Um, but I don't even know what I'm going to write about. It's like, you know what I'm going to write about? Like, you know, getting high and this is uh, the watching that family guy at 9 o'clock yeah. and adult swim. This is the, <laughs> auth the authentic Chris Berry. I'm just going to dive into this thing well, yeah. and I'm going to do it and I'm just going to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Awesome. And maybe yeah. it'll go nowhere, you know, but... Okay. Um, but I, I I have to say that the, the it is appealing because I always forget um, when I haven't done music for a while and then I do you know I always forget how cathartic it is and just how kind of important it is to me you know totally. but I I just you know but I say, you know yeah so so when I do it you know I realize oh yeah right I know okay. I know this. All right, Rob. Did you, I cut you off there. Did you? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. All right. Well, listen. I, I, you know, I hope we can do this again because this is just—it's so much fun. Well, talking I'm always happy to talk about myself, as we, you know. We, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I said, yeah. I, I, we've got to wrap it up. But but maybe next time we meet, maybe you'll have maybe it'll be more formed and you'll be able to talk more about. Uh, yeah, I yeah. can. I can yak shit for fucking everything. <laughs> I got a lot. Of, you know, I mean, and as we talk, I always remember other things. Okay. Like, you know, like there's always stories. Well, thanks. Thanks again, Chris. Well, it's my pleasure, Jason. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's guest on the Mega Blast Podcast. I've been your host, Jason McDonald. This podcast is brought to you by Arts and Opinion, an online journal, which is also available in the permanent archives of Canada. Visit us online at artsandopinion.com. 